Hey guys, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wissahickon High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. I want to thank Kimberly Pierce, a.k.a. Kim Borkowski, for episode 209. It was a really great conversation. Kim shared some really personal details, and I heard from quite a few classmates that listened to the episode that really enjoyed her story and heard from Kim herself, who had a little viewing party for her episode. So at the end of the day, I always feel the best when the person that's actually featured on the episode enjoys the finished product. So again, episode 209 that is available in the archives here on the podcast feed, in addition to youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. A three-part reunion special dropped Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, featuring almost every guest from past episodes. It came together very quickly, and much like the individual episodes, I am beyond grateful for the time that everyone is willing to give to me for my goofy ideas. So, I think everyone had fun. I know I did. I hope everyone had fun watching these episodes. And because of that, I think there's a good chance that we're going to do we're going to do some more of these. So stay tuned. And if you missed it, youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. This week, my guest is Tom Beal. This conversation goes so many different directions. One, I just love Tom's story. And I was asking a lot of different questions. But two, I started having new memories of Tom from high school while doing this interview. And it occurred to me that Tom and I actually used to hang out in school. Now, Tom and I never went to each other's houses. We didn't know each other's parents. But it was senior year that Tom actually hung out with a lot of people that I was friends with. In fact, I went to Tom's graduation party. I don't remember that until this interview starts happening. But I just really enjoyed myself and I really enjoyed the time that Tom and I had. So, all right, let's just get into it. Here's my conversation with Tom Beal. Was everything good for you with your sound and everything that you wanted to hook up? Or? It, it's good on my, I wanted to make sure it was good on yours. Like you weren't getting any like feedback or anything. No, you sound great to me. Cool. Perfect then. Awesome. Um, I guess I haven't really seen you. Yeah. Man, I feel like, I don't know, did I ever, was I running into you like during the, like the, the post-college, or I mean, the the college era, like, were you away for college or? I don't know. Like, I don't remember really ever seeing anybody. Because, like, I, I went to college in North Carolina, so I didn't see anybody down there. Nobody I knew went down. I actually, Ellen went to Davidson. Mm-hmm. So I saw her once. Um, but... Other than that, I never saw anybody that we went to high school with ever. So then I probably haven't seen you since high school. It's That's a good possibility. Graduation. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, maybe a couple times in the summer. Okay. So I think, didn't you go to Hershey Park? I was going to say, I think that was like the, like the last time that I, maybe I saw you was Hershey maybe. Park. Yeah. And I got really sick. I think I did too. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you, I think it was just the two of us. We went on that one roller coaster that goes backwards. Then we got off of it and we're like, mm mm. No done. good. No good. Done. Let's just sit on the bench, get churros. Yep. Yeah, that's what we did. Oh, God. I love Hershey Park. Favorite yeah. Park. It was my favorite park of the area. Yeah. It, it's, it's cool. We went back there. I have two kids uh, and my oldest plays lacrosse. 
So third grade year, she had a tournament down there. So we spent a couple extra days and went to the park and it was fun. That's cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, when did you, you know, I, I was trying to think back and I feel like I kind of remember you being around, but I feel like even prior to senior year, you and I hadn't really interacted a whole lot. And I don't know if I have that right or not, but I, I just can't remember just when I like met you in Wizahickon, you know. Oh God. We probably met like middle school. Okay. I would imagine. Where did, like, did you go to elementary I've school? To a lot of the other podcasts and it's like trying to figure out like, who did I hang out with? Um, we hung out a little bit, but not really outside. It was mostly like in school, like senior year. Right. Like you, Scott, Ray, we all ate lunch together. Right. But I don't know. See, like, well, see, that's what I was thinking. I feel like prior to that senior year, I don't feel like we really interacted, even though like I kind of just knew you always around and maybe we had some classes together, but um, I guess nothing bad or good. Uh, I don't know. You could tell me, but no, like, you know, it's funny because like, if I look back to high school, you always talk about like, who are your friends? I guess I always considered you one of my high school friends, but again, I never hung out with anybody outside of school except for like Rick Smith. I hung out with, okay. That was pretty much it. Um, but yeah, like I was going to say you actually did sign my yearbook. Uh, so like you're one of the few people I, like I, I see in there. I'm like, Oh yeah, he did sign my yearbook. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, if I asked anyone in my class to sign, it's because I felt like comfortable being able to ask them mm. and not feel like they're going to turn me down. <laughs> which, is, which is good. Cause I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, senior year was so weird, but I don't know. It's just a weird, weird year for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general, I think for everybody, you know, obviously we're seniors and then, you know, everything kind of gets flipped around with, with Ray and, it was just the unknown of what was about to happen with us graduating. And just, for me, it was just a weird year. And I think that's the year I kind of figured out where, what, like what I wanted uh, both like for myself and like socially. And I don't know, it was just. What did you want for yourself and socially? I was good just being, you know, my own, doing my own thing. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really hang out with anybody. Hung out at the firehouse with the guys a lot, but that was it. Yeah, and you I was were good a fireman, that. right? Yeah. Um, I remember there was like a, a group, of, a small group, like Andy Bell, mm-hmm. who I guess like on the, like I went to Madison Avenue, so I grew up right. with Andy, um, you know, since elementary school. And um, I'd always knew like him being involved in it and, maybe a handful of other kids, but then on the, on the whip pain side, mm-hmm. um, or we like center square, right? Yep. Yeah. I'd, like you were there. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few other kids I, I would hear about. What was that? Like, that's how do you get in being a fireman as a so, teenager? My dad, my dad was, did it for a long time. Like he was, uh, in the seventies in Norristown for a long time. So he had like his old, his old gear in the basement and we would like play around with it and stuff like that. And then, uh, through like middle school, I hung out with, uh, like the Stongs and, uh, Joe Emsley 
and Don's like whole family was like big into it. So I don't know. It was just something that, that interested me. Uh, and then my dad got back into it cause my older brother joined. Um, so then it just kind of happened. Like I, dad turned 16, I joined and that, that was kind of that. What interested you about it? I don't know. I guess it was like something thrilling about it. You know, it was, yeah. it was different and exciting and you just didn't know what was going to happen kind of thing. That's so, that's such like a, I mean, are you going into fires at, you know, once you're, you're training, what's your training like at, at 16? At 16, no, like there was rules. Like they had like, Pennsylvania is actually pretty good about it. They have like uh, a whole section of like the child labor laws that limit what you're allowed to do, what you, you can't do. Okay. So um, you would get certain training and then you were pretty much restricted to just staying on the outside. Like you could set up ladders for the guys going in, you could run hose and like there was like busy work and other jobs that you did to stay busy and help out the guys that were going inside. But you're at the fire site and you're yeah. descent. I mean, I would assume like you got to rush when you're running hose or ladders or whatever, and then get out of the way. And like, it's. Yeah, it was, it was, it was different. Yeah. Uh, like you had to kind of like separate. Cause like you go to, we didn't get them all the time. Like, especially in, cause we did uh whip pain, like bluebell center square and like West Ambler was all part of center squares. So we didn't get fires all the time. It was like maybe like once a year. Um, really? Yeah. Like a lot of, we'd have a lot of calls, but a lot of like false alarms, car, car accidents, stuff like that, but nothing like, mm. like a house fire. Um, one year I think we got, we had a, like eight or nine in like a month period, which was like crazy. That was like the busiest I had ever seen it. Wow. Before all that, um, where did you actually go start with a Hicken? I was at Stony Creek. Okay. Stony Creek pretty much. I, I lived in the same house like the whole time. So I started in Stony Creek, uh, did, you know, K through five there and then to the middle school. And do, were you able to think of people that you, that you did hang out with when you were growing up? It was pretty much Rick Smith. Like I had hung out with him since kindergarten. Wow. Did you guys, what was the connection there between you two? Were you neighbors? No, I don't, I don't really know. Like sports maybe. Like, uh, we had similar interests in sports and um, I know our parents knew each other, but I don't think we really found that out until like later on. Okay. So what was your, like your main interest? as you're growing up as a kid, I know you played like sports all four years for mm -hmm. what baseball and football. Right. So were you like a, a, like a child athlete just all season long, just different sports? I played, it was football and baseball pretty much from uh, like first grade on. I played soccer one year, like kindergarten, but I was not good at it. Me uh, my, my dad was a big football guy. So he's like, why don't you try football? Like, all right. So I pretty much played from, uh, first grade until college. So when, when I was growing up, there were a few kids in my neighborhood that played football, but it wasn't like anything that I, like I did sports, right? I did baseball and basketball mm -hmm. and 
Ambler didn't have soccer, but I knew you could go to WRA mm-hmm. and play soccer. I didn't know where you could do football. Where did you uh, play football? PW. Plymouth White Marsh? Yeah. So they had a football league. They did, yeah. Was uh, that the closest? What's that? Was that the closest in the area? I think so. I know they did. Conshohocken had a team. Um, uh, there was a bunch of them. Uh, but I think PW was probably the closest. And these are six-year-olds? <laughs> yeah. You said first grade? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's exactly what you would imagine. <laughs> Everyone's lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I... I, there's a show on one of those, you know, channels that nobody watches, um, like, and it had a show called Little Tykes or, or, or something like that. And mm-hmm. it was about Little League football. Mm-hmm. And it was lots of, like, kids just going down. Every episode, another kid going down. These kids were probably, like, you know, 9, 10, 11. Once you, mm-hmm. As you're getting older – how rough is football getting at, before you're like in organized school football? It really depends on the coaches. Um, if they're teaching you like proper head placement and stuff like that, it's not, not so bad. Like I don't remember ever getting hurt when I played in peewee football. Okay. But again, that was, God, that was 30 years ago. Maybe maybe you got concussions and you can't remember. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So you're playing football and baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, was there – did you do that, like, with your dad or mm-hmm. – Yeah, my dad was actually uh, my Little League coach for – so I had my dad one year, and then my mom actually coached me one year. <laughs> nice. All in the family. Um, which was fun because then my dad would actually umpire our games – and uh, I was a catcher, so <laughs> he almost threw me out of a game because uh, I was a smart ass. So, like, pitch would come in. He'd call it a ball. I didn't think it was a ball. So I'd let him know, like, nah, come on up. That was a bad call, huh? bad call. So he just stopped the game at one point, walked over to my mom, said, hey, coach, if your catcher doesn't shut his mouth, he's out of here. I'm like, my own dad's going to throw me out of the game. That's not where I thought that was going. I thought you guys were going to fix the game. No, no. The family, the family business. If anything, it was the opposite. Uh, were you good at that age? At, at age? that age, I mean, I thought so. Uh, like I was on like the all-star teams and stuff like that, but I don't know if that was necessarily because I was good or if it was rigged or, or what. <laughs> uh I was like so bad at baseball uh, to the point where like I used to be scared to death my last like year or so I was scared to death to come to the plate because I just felt like I I never had like the knack of the hand. eye. was so hard to hit the ball and I just couldn't do it. It was embarrassing. Right. Oh, I, I, I have my good days, my bad days. What was your, what was your skill set in baseball? God. Like, are we talking little league or are we talking? Yeah. Like, I mean, just, you know, you got to have a knack for it in some way, right. That you're making the all-star team. Like, were you the kid that when you got a hit, you could hit it to the other field? No, God, no, I was never like a, like a home run hitter ever. 
Um, were you were you just like the catcher? Were you like the I, catcher? Yeah. Nobody else wanted. To, everybody wanted to be a pitcher. That's how I ended up starting as a catcher. Was like. I don't know. I was maybe like, it was like the year after T-ball. So they go, who wants to pitch? And everybody goes, of course I wanted to pitch because who doesn't want to be a pitcher? But there were so many other people that ran up and said, Oh, I want to be a pitcher. So I'm like, Hmm. There's like, who wants to be the catcher? I'm like, I guess I will. And then just stuck. Catcher dude was so tough. I used to have to do it once in a while. And I just hated the process of taking the, the guards on and off, on and off. Yeah. You think you're not going to be up and then, and you start getting ready and then all of a sudden you're, it looks like you're going to be up. And so you, you got to get your stuff back off and then you go and you strike out and then <laughs> you got to go hurry up and get, get your gear back on again. I hated it. Yeah. Come high school, I was probably mediocre at best because like my focus was on football everything was football for me. So baseball, I didn't really like do anything extra. I didn't like, I didn't put my energy into baseball. So it was. When you're going through middle school, mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, well, I guess we've all talked about like the way that the pods happen. You kind of get separated. Were you with Rick in? No, no, we were separate. Like middle school, like we, you know, he had his friends and I had my friends, um, Trying to think of who I hung out with in in middle school. My memory's terrible. I know like sixth grade I hung out with like uh hung out with Mike Mickles a little bit, but not yeah. not a lot. Uh it was mostly like uh the kids from the neighborhood. Like I, I just pretty much stuck with like the Stongs and the Emsleys and, and Matt Lamastro. This was uh Bluebell? Uh, yeah, it was a whipping hills. Whipping hills. Yeah. Um, what were what was your your middle school like? Were you like a? You said you were kind of like a rowdy kid, or I forget the term that you used. <laughs> middle oh God, middle school. Middle <laughs> school, I was very different than uh, high school. Uh, like seventh and eighth grade, I was the kid getting in trouble. Like I don't know, I don't know if you ever had her, or if you remember Miss Fennel. The name I know, but I, I can't think of the face. That woman would kick me out of class like every day. Is that seventh? Yeah. Dude, seventh was my worst year too. Yeah. Worst. I got suspended. Uh, I got detention. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I got in fights. I got. Susp- I got uh, detention the last day of school of seventh grade for eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Like who does that? I I don't know. <laughs> Funny story. Going back a little bit. I was the first person to ever get detention in elementary school at Sony Creek. What'd you do? I, not a clue. No clue. I also got a detention. I mean, I'm kind of trying to, I'm playing the one up. Yeah. I also got detention and I feel like they made it for me. I had to just sit on this tiny ledge in the main office because I don't think they had like any place to put me. Right. Three times. Yeah. You got me beat. I just had it the once. My mom smacked me around and that was that. And I got to middle school and I'm like, a, but looking back like middle school, I would get in trouble for like having gum in class. Like that's what I'm getting detention for. It, it wasn't, it couldn't just been that. I, what was your response once, once they asked you to throw out your gum? I mean, I'm sure it was yes, right away. Yeah. Very polite. 
And then of they course. just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, I let my mouth get in the way. That was, I mean, I think that was, that was also my problem, but were you, did you have like confrontations or was it limited to just like mouthing off the teachers? Um, I actually got a couple fights in, in middle school, got a fight with Vern Cheatham a couple times, which is so funny. Cause like throughout high school, Vern was like a big teddy bear. Like, I don't think Vern would ever hurt anybody, but him and I fought mm-hmm. more than once. Uh, same. <laughs> What's wrong with us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We had a lot of growing up to do, I guess. I, who knows? Uh, you're still, you're playing sports, but this is before, like, you're, be, this is kind of right before the era of you becoming a fireman. What were your interests as you're, as you're growing up at this point? You're, you're now becoming a teenager. That's a good question. Probably Oh God, I don't remember what I did. You know, I, I played football and baseball, even in middle school. Granted, I got cut from the baseball team, seventh grade. Uh, I don't remember video games probably. <laughs> and just hanging out at like Don Stong's house. Well, I was also wondering you when you said that like uh, football and, and, and baseball, right? Opposite seasons uh, mm-hmm. of the year. Are those like really intensive, are those intensive time-wise in school? Like I know in middle school or in high school, I remember you always had a report like in August, right? Before the school year ever started. Yeah. Was it the same in middle school? Was no. It easy? no, middle school, it was like school started like a week later, practice would start. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you guys shower in the, in the locker rooms? Did you guys have showers? In high school, we did. But not middle school. Not middle school. I think the showers were there, but I mean, come on. We're all like, you know, 12, 13-year-old kids. We're not getting in a shower with another dude. But in high school, you did shower. Yeah. Okay, because this has been my thing now as a grown-up. I'm just like marveling over the fact that after gym class, we never showered. Right, right. Right, you always see like every movie on TV, they always shower after gym class. You get it. You get it. Football we did. All right. I don't even think it was like freshman year. We didn't like, I know that I don't remember <laughs> remembering about the shower. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember like if it was just a thing we did like senior year or if it was something that we did like maybe senior year. Cause like I would go and do stuff like right after practice or right after our games. Mm. I, I don't, I don't remember, but you're a hundred percent right. We never, we never had time to write your next class is in seven minutes. Right. As soon as that bell rang and they kept shortening the time in high school. Yeah. I think it was four minutes at one point. And then yeah. they did all the construction. They're like, don't worry. We'll give you five. Yeah. Boy, the era of gas masks. Now we needed them back then with the construction. Right. Right. It was terrible. Um, did you're, you said you have, uh, I knew you had a brother. How much older? I have uh, one brother. He's three and a half years older and another brother is nine years younger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So when you're in, going through like middle school, now you got a brother in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you guys close? Nah, not really. Okay. No. Um, we, we didn't really get along. 
he had uh, he had his things. I had mine, and we just kind of just didn't didn't really combine our our um, lives for the most part. Only child, so I skipped the experience. Yeah, see, there's there's good and bad because like I didn't really get along with my older brother, but my younger brother is like uh, one of my best friends. Like we we talk often um we do a lot of we have a lot of the same interests Mm. uh me and my older brother we just we had nothing in common and it was just you know one of those but my younger brother like we're we're really really close so you get two sides of that spectrum yeah when you got through middle school you said like you didn't really have a lot of friends Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like the area of like you know the the kind of same neighborhood guys that you had Mm -hmm. mainly um, by the time you got out to, of middle school into high school, do you, did that evolve at all? Or did you still, you know, like sixth grade, you're so young. And by right. the time you're, you're exposed to so many new kids, a lot of times, I know it can change yeah. your world. So for me, I don't, I don't know. Like, this is where it gets into like the weird, like, I don't remember like where I fit in. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't really hang out with too many people, even in high school and like the neighborhood guys, like I'd hang out with, but not nearly as much. So I don't really remember what I, like what I did like socially, like in like freshman year. I don't, I don't remember. Um, I know like, you know, I said senior year, I kind of figured out where I wanted to be socially. I spent like freshman year, sophomore year, junior year trying to figure that out and not having a clue, like trying to fit in different places, but I never seemed to like fit in with everybody. Um, which eventually like, it didn't matter to me. Like I wasn't really like, uh, upset about it. Like I did my own thing for the most part. Um, but I don't, I don't really remember ninth, 10th and 11th outside of like sports and like some classes. If you were to look back, even if you, I know you can't, rem, you say you can't like remember specifically, but like if you were to look back, what do you think your impression of was, what do you think your impression was of social life or, you know, like I, I talk a lot on the podcast about TV, movies, right? right? Mm-hmm. And stuff about people our age or whatever. And that's what I was kind of expecting or trying mm-hmm. to live up to or make happen or wishing for when you say you were like trying different groups or try or try, that's what I'm like, were you trying? I think it was the same. Like, I think you and I had uh, pretty much like the same uh, thought process on it. Like uh, our school really was like a, like a movie high school. Like you had the different cliques, you had the cool kids. Like I actually listened to uh, Ama's uh, interview today, Mm -hmm. Uh, him talking about the cool kids and, uh, and, and stuff like that. Like that's, it was very clicky in our school. Everybody kind of like stuck to their own group. Like he said, nobody was really like, nobody hated each other. We just kind of kept to ourselves in each yeah. group. Um, but I didn't know which group I fit in with. So I just kind of like, you know, I talked to this person or I talked to this person, but I never really like got into a group, so to speak. Did you have a want? I mean, I think everybody wanted to be one of the cool kids. Yeah. Um, 
but just wasn't wasn't for me i guess you know, yeah. you know and again like i had an awesome it's it's so weird i sit here and i talk about it and and talk about how like, i didn't have a lot of friends i didn't hang out with a lot of people i didn't drink in high school i didn't party i didn't do any of that stuff um but saying that it seems like oh well you know that kind of your high school sucked but it didn't like for me it was it was like i loved high school I enjoyed it. Like I, if I could go back, I would. Um, but, and I don't know what it was. I think my focus was elsewhere. Like I was so focused on, you know, going to the gym, working out, um, doing this stuff. And then like the fire department came in like sophomore year. So I was doing a lot of stuff with that too. Uh, so I just kind of stayed busy with other stuff that it just doesn't really affect me too much. That's interesting that you're um, so positive about it without any distinct um, reason, I guess. Just like the whole thing was like, like, you know, like, was there, I mean, did you date while you were in high school? Very, very little. Yeah. I think I had like maybe two girlfriends all through high school. um, So, you know, you're, you're just kind of like randomly maybe a little bit of, you know, flirting with dating, peppering with the dating, dating world in your life for the first time. And you're not really hanging out with anyone from school. You're not going to parties. Right. Nor are you like hanging out with a nerd crew. You're just kind of like chilling and loving it. Yeah. But you're playing. So, but when you're in high school though, you know, football at that point is a lot more intense, right? Right. So that's like every day from like, it was like three or four days a week. Okay. Um, so un- unless you were doing another sport, then you just kind of focused on that sport. Like baseball season, uh, like I didn't have to go to the gym. I did it in the morning, like before school anyway. But uh, like I know a lot of the guys, they would just focus on the sport that they were in season with, and, and that was it. Um, but like off season, it was – summers got a little busier. But – like wintertime, we would go to the gym three days a week. That was it. Um, summer, we had like, you know, the three days a week of the gym. And sometimes we had stuff on Tuesday and Thursday. We had like passing scrimmages and like little like off record practices, I guess you could say. We, uh, you remember Tim Miller? Yeah. So he would, he would get us into like these uh, like passing tournaments. So it'd be like a seven on seven tournament. It's no tackling, no pads. Uh, no like offensive and defensive line. It was just pretty much like the running backs, wide receivers and quarterback. Mm. Uh, so we did like that, that stuff. Um, and that was, that was pretty much it. Other than that, like, you know, I worked, I had, a, I had a job pretty much all through high school. Where'd you work? If you tell uh, me Clemens. I worked at Clemens. <laughs> In center square? I did. Yeah. Everyone worked at that club. <laughs> but I only worked there for like a year. So like, you know, we could start working there at 15. Right. I worked there uh, until, I don't know, I was probably like, I was 16, but I don't remember at what point I stopped working there. Uh, and then I started working at, do you remember Duke's Car Wash? Right yes. there on 202. Yeah, Matt Lamashka worked there. What? Yeah, yeah, I worked with him. It was him. <laughs> it was going back to the Whipping Hills crew. It was me, Matt, Don Stong, Joe Emsley. 
uh, Adam Mushlin. Okay. We all we all worked there. Wow. Okay. So that, we're kind of hanging out with th- those guys again a little bit. Um, but you know, when I wasn't either at the firehouse or at practice or any of that stuff. Did you, uh, have a favorite, I mean, you liked school and it's, you like school time. Did you like school in itself? Like the actual classes, education? I think it depended on the class. <laughs> like, I didn't mind math classes. Like they, they were fine. Uh, I was not a big like history guy or English. I hated English. I didn't like English class, but math and like, uh, you know, any of the the classes with like, um, um, Dixon, his classes were good. Uh, he did like a turbo CAD, right? He did. He had a bunch of stuff. Like one year I took, uh, like wood shop with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, one year it was like, I think it was the turbo CAD class. I took the one year. Uh, it was like, uh, like we built a bridge out of balsa wood and we did all, all kinds of like little projects and stuff like that, that were, were fun. Like it was more like hands-on stuff okay. rather than just sitting, getting lectured for an hour. Um, did you have like anything that you felt like you were good at in school? I was good at math. I, I figured that out later. Um, Cause like, you know, middle school, again, was like, I was just, you know, I'd sleep in class. I wouldn't, wouldn't pay attention, wouldn't care. So I ended up in, um, uh, Warren Savia's math class. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, it was easy. And even with like his, his, you know, a hundred questions in three minutes thing that I, you know, I've heard a couple people bring that up. I'm trying to remember who was in my, my class. I want to say Chris Gebert was in that class. I'm trying to remember like who else there's a bunch of people um on my report card he had parent requested to contact teacher so i'm like i knew i was getting in trouble a lot because i would talk a lot i'm like oh good he's I'm, I'm gonna get you know i'm gonna get my ass kicked here in a little bit my mom's gonna call him and i'm gonna get yelled at and this will be fun but it wasn't he was like um and he actually kind of pushed me in the right direction as far as schoolwork because he told my mom, like he talks too much, you know, he's doing this, but here's the thing. He shouldn't be in my class. Uh, the reason he's talking so much is because he's finishing the work before everybody and then he gets bored. Mm. So he kind of like, all right, maybe I'm actually decent at this math thing. Um, and he kind of talked me into the next year. I took uh, two math classes. Hmm. I had his brother for geometry and then I had uh caster for algebra two. But that was pretty good, right? Good math class. I, I paid attention. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm cut off on talking about it anymore. Oh, are you? <laughs> I just, I talk about it almost as, you know, so probably the thing I talk about the most. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a, yeah. It's a good class. It was a good class. Um, yeah, Sabia had like, um, when you talk about the hundred, mm. it was like, a, it was like a, you got like a sheet and had like, what was it, 10 across 10 right. of algebra questions. 
just all the way across. Right, right. And you just have to like answer the whole sheet as fast as you can in three minutes. Mm. And what we had to do that like was that daily or once a week? Oh God, it felt like it was like three times a day sometimes. Like I know in the beginning of the year, he would give us like the easy ones, like the three plus negative two. And here's a hundred questions. You got three minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, are you kidding? Like it's a hundred questions. How do you expect yeah. me to do this in three minutes? I'll tell you what, honestly, that along with we, some people have talked about typing are probably the two skills that I use. Like I'm, I'm really good at like easy arithmetic quick, Mm -hmm. you know, hundred percent. I hated when he would give it to me, but like looking back, I'm like that, that, that was probably for me, one of the most important parts of high school for me, because, you know, it gets you quick, you know, gets you thinking faster. Mm. So I think that alone made a lot of other things easy. Or at least it made me realize that, okay, a lot of this is easy. Maybe I should actually do the work. You know, it's funny. I, I, I've talked about this again a few times, but like I had such a hard time retaining information. Mm-hmm. Then now when I think back to, you know, the structure of high school and 745 in the morning going into algebra class and then going into science class and then going into history class and having mm-hmm. to pop around like that in like, 50 minute increments sounds like incredible to me now back mm-hmm. then. I just couldn't, I, I, I couldn't do it. I don't, I don't know what it is outside of algebra or outside of math in itself. But like, right. when you talk about, you know, getting your brain going and I'm like, yeah, like I think about that now when I have a lot of stuff I want to do and I, and I set like this kind of early mm-hmm. morning wake up and like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. Cause I want to make sure I'm getting going by the time I start do, working on stuff. And then when I think back then, I didn't have that mindset and I couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't do it. It right. wasn't. It wasn't. Well, back then too, like we're, we're all sitting like, oh, high school, this is terrible. Like this is the worst part of our lives. It's not. Except like, you. You're like, this is awesome. See you guys tomorrow. I, it, it's one of those like I hated parts of it at the time. But looking back, I'm like, man, that was, that was actually not that bad. You know, like a lot of kids have that, like, oh, high school's terrible, which I know a lot of people have different situations than I do. And, uh, but. But, but school- I think we're, but I think we're talking about it in the most basic sense of like, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think we're, we're excluding family life, right? Of mm-hmm. course, we're excluding, you know, bullying and, and, Know, horrible things that that affect people we're, we're excluding health mm-hmm. you know when we look at it at the most basic way that we often talk about high school on the show friends um outside you know outside peer pressures um party life mm-hmm. whatever grades uh pressure for career right right whatever you know you don't really fall into the category of being able to give any type of like super check plus on any of those things as far as like, Oh, remember Tom Beal, he was the kid who did this in, in, you know, got this in the, in the grade or Mm. who was dating this girl or who Mm. hung out in this crew. You were looking for those things, but you are kind of like, eh, whatever. I was just kind of floating through and I I just kind of existed. (laughs) 
and you're like, and boy, that was a great time. Right. Right. I'm kind of curious, like, uh, you know, looking back, like I really, I want to know how many people actually remembered who I was. Like, I know you would because like every now and then you and I talk, uh, you know, on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Um, Mike Volpicelli, I, I talk to every now and then, uh, through Facebook. Um, but man, I, I really wasn't like, it made me wonder, I was, I was driving home from work today and I'm like, man, I wonder what other people thought of me mm. at the time I probably cared, but I didn't care. I'm sure there was a point in high school where I, I, I cared more than, than other parts, but I have no idea. And I think that falls into the whole, like, I didn't know where I fit in. Did you ever do anything to try to impress? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I probably look stupid doing it. Like whatever it was. Did you, I mean, you said that you tried different crews or you tried different, like different groups. What kind of, as far as like, do you mean like stature or were you trying different different groups? It was more like, you know, you try to like uh, go up to this group and, you know, create conversation, kind of feel it out. I'm like, all right, this isn't working. So I'm going to, you know, I'll see my way out, you know, kind of thing. Like, it wasn't like I, I, that I remember that I bent over backwards trying to like get accepted by this group or that group. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was what it was. Did you um, go to like, like Obviously, every Friday was games, but did you go to, like, dances or, I don't know, were there, like, school activity? I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about, like, that's why I'm always asking about these vague names, like Key Club and Interact Club and, and stuff like that. Because I'm always curious about, like, our after school mm-hmm. or our, our extracurricular. Because, like, we talked about with, like, TV shows, there's all these yeah. different groups and clubs right. that different characters belong to in the TV universe of pop culture. Right. But I never felt like I knew about any of that in our school where it was think, like, Hey, you should join this. Yeah. I think, uh, I might've known that that stuff existed, but I was kind of so like in my own world, like, okay, I got practice today. I can't go to that. Like that might be cool. Like the robot, the, you, where they built the robots and stuff. Like, that's kind of cool. It was like the nerdy kids that did it. Yeah. But let's be honest. I think all of us were like, yo, I want to build a robot. Well, years later it became a TV show, right? Right. Right. Wars. Right. And it's one of those things like looking back, like we called those kids, the nerdy kids, like they were having fun doing it. Oh yeah. I, I want to go build a robot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those, like, I think I knew a lot of the stuff existed, but I was so focused on football, baseball that I didn't really care about the the other stuff. When you say it like that. So it's funny because I knew you and um, you talk about like, you didn't really have, you know, like group of friends like that and it clicked mm-hmm. so much. But when you describe it like that, it sounds like you were a jock. Yeah, I guess, but I didn't like fit in with it was like football team. It was like Eric Malhorn, Andy Black, uh like Zach Rowe. I didn't hang out with any of them. 
baseball, it was Nelson, Chris Moss, uh, Andy Black. I didn't hang out with any of them. So it wasn't like, like to me, sports were my thing, but I didn't hang out with any of the guys on the team. In like, in like TV show and movie world, you're like, when like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are in the locker room talking, you're like the guy back here. Like just sitting on a, you know, sitting in his locker, just rela- chilling. Yeah, yeah. You're just like changing t-shirts while like <laughs> Damon and Affleck are up here talking. Yep. I mean that with the most respect. No, no, no. You're, but you're right. <laughs> it's funny when you describe it like that. So like, you know, blatantly. <laughs> yeah. Like when you watch like movies like Far City Blues, I was not tweeter right. or any of them. I was that guy that's sitting in the locker room talking to the guy. You're you're a hundred percent right. I was that guy in the background. <laughs> that's funny. Did you, was there ever like any, I don't know. Was there an attempt there like into the cool kid crowd where you like, um, I don't know if it was necessarily that like I tried to, I don't think I like actually tried to like start hanging out with them. Like I would, I would like talk to them. Like I wasn't afraid to talk to them because, right. because of the, the links with the Malhorns and the Andy Blacks with, you know, football, um, you know, me, Andy, Eric and Zach Rowe were captains, of the football team senior year. So like there was that link, but I never really, um, I don't remember trying to, insert myself into the group mm. if that makes sense yeah yeah especially with like the firehouse thing starting up like that was sophomore year so i spent more time with those guys than i did with anybody at high school what did you play in football what position uh, well depends on what what year it was um huh. i started out like freshman year and, and sophomore year i was a center and a d tackle okay uh, and then junior year i moved to um, guard. So the guy right next to the center, I mean, you know, football, so I like, I'm like mansplaining the positions to you. Uh, but I was a guard junior and senior year. And then, uh, a D end, uh, I moved over to D end with a little bit of linebacker mixed in there. Okay. Um, we never won, right? All right. So, who were you? Oh God! Who were you talking? Was it Aram? You were talking about the football team. I think so. Maybe I think so. No, so he was right. We won a few games. You did. But, yeah, we did. So you know, I played varsity sophomore, junior, and senior year because freshman year we had our own freshman team. Right. Uh, I don't remember. I think we were like two and four that year, two and six. I don't remember that. That team doesn't count. That's freshman. That doesn't count. So sophomore year we won one game. It was against uh, Upper Moreland. I think JV won more. They might have won one or two. Uh, but nobody watches the JV game. So it was Monday afternoon. Nobody goes to those. Uh, junior year, we went 0-12. And that was so frustrating. And then senior year, we won two. We beat uh, Upper Moreland and Upper Dublin. So when you're playing, when you're playing football, you know, for four years – is it a, is it at any point like a thought for you like that you would want to be a football player? Was that a thing in your mind ever growing up? Like a pro football player? Yeah, you play football. You're playing football since you're six. Yeah, I mean when you're like you know running around the midget football league 
Yeah, you want to be in the NFL. Right. Obviously, um, when you're 10, you, you know, that's like what you're right. thinking, right? I'm, right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm clearly going to grow to be 6'5 and, and 220 and just ripped. But when you're in high school, is there anything where you're thinking like maybe I can get a scholarship in, in to college and mm-hmm. be good enough to get to get maybe get scouted and go pro for for? Oh, I never never thought I'd go pro ever. Um, I would, I'm too small. Like I'm only five eight. If if you're five eight, you better be uh, really fast. And I wasn't. Okay. So I'm not a running back. So like there's no hope. So let me back it up. Is there ever a thought of let me, you know, get a college scholarship and play in college and get a good I, education? I did play in college. So, but was but at that point was that yeah. thought like in That was the aim. That is what I was I was going for. When this team is is not very good throughout <laughs> your entire time, right? Yeah. One win, one win, two wins, yep. no wins. Are, is that a frustration of this could affect your ability to get scouted for college yeah. as a pressure? You know, like I ask people a lot of times about academic pressure and, and you know, looking around at friends around them and what mm-hmm. they're doing. But here you guys are kind of in a team mentality, but for you still the goal, that's why I was asking, was that a want for you to do that? Because the goal mm-hmm. at the end of the day is to try and help you get in a right. good position for college. So is there a frustration when the team every year is like, we're just going, 100%. this is going to fuck up my chances. Yep. Notice there was that. Um, and there was like, we worked our asses off. Like we worked hard to suck. And it was a joke. It was a joke around school that, Oh yeah, you lost again. I remember um, senior year, our game against Methacton kind of got, was it senior year? I think it was senior year. There was a thunderstorm rolled through. Mm-hmm. So like midway through the second quarter, quarter, the game got stopped and we had to finish the game Monday night. So we get to school on Monday and I remember the conversation with, uh, see, this is, this is how my memory works. I remember bits and pieces like, like it was yesterday, <laughs> but overall I, I couldn't tell you hardly anything else. I had a conversation with Chris McQuaid in Curcio's class. Like he kind of looked over and we were like, Oh, did you guys lose on Friday? I'm like, no, we're winning. Cause at the time, I think the score was like eight to six or something. Mm. Uh, he goes, wait, you guys won. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're winning. So then I had to explain, you know, the game got cut because right. of the, the weather. Uh, and we're going to finish it tonight. We lost, but it was, so- frust- it was frustrating because it sucked to lose. Like nobody likes to lose. And the amount of work that went into every season just to turn out that bad was, was frustrating. It was hard. Uh, I almost quit junior year. I didn't want to play anymore. I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and then uh, coach Miller moved me to guard and that, that kind of like um, put a little more, um, life into it because uh, I was just bored at the position I was playing um, and it was just losing took its toll on me I was tired of it and at junior year I thought our team was like we had a really good team junior year and we just couldn't win first game of the season we were winning 24 nothing at halftime we lost 26 24 
You know what I mean? Like we just didn't know how to win and it was frustrating. And then that translates like, you know, your question to college, you only get certain colleges coming to look at you. So like, I want to go play here, go play there. I wasn't going division one. That wasn't happening. I wasn't big enough. And I knew that, uh, but there was a couple of division two schools that I wanted to, to check out and they weren't coming, coming to see us. So I started having to send them video, um, which was kind of good and bad. Like I could pick and choose what games they saw. You know, if I had a bad game, one, one game, we'll just go ahead and tuck that, that VHS tape away. Um, and then I ended up sending them a tape of a game that was like not my best, but not my worst, which was a mistake. But it, I ended up uh, playing for them anyway. So it didn't really matter. Where was that? Uh, Wingate. And that's it's right outside of Charlotte. Hometown of, hometown of nature boy, Ric Flair. Yeah. I actually saw him in the airport. Uh, I was coming home for one of the holidays and he was there. Nice. Yeah. Um, when you talk about like sending tape mm-hmm. and all that, right? Like what was that process like in the like nineties, early 2000 or the year 2000? You had what, to get. Cause to, like cause nowadays, like, now you get someone oh, that sees clips. Right. Right. So, email it. Right. You, but you take, like, when you say, like, you know, bad games, you didn't want to send tapes of bad games. Like, you could have easily, nowadays, you could just take, like, three clips where you look good mm-hmm. or, you know. Right. And you could, yeah, with a computer, you can do anything now. But back then, everything was on VHS. So, like, I would have to bring tapes in to, to Coach Miller and be like, oh, I want a copy of the game. He would just give me copies of every game because my dad – uh, he was a longtime football coach. Mm. So I take the tape home. We go through it at home and he'd be like, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. This you did right, but you did that wrong. And he was, he helped me through a lot of it. Um, so then we would sit there and take, all right, this game was a good game. Like I played well against Souderton. So we'll, we'll tuck that in the envelope and send it off to North Carolina or I think I ended up sending them uh, the Upper Dublin game. So you're and sending was, like yellow, yellow envelopes, Manila exactly. envelopes. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can't imagine. Well, you know, it's funny. Back then, even though it's a lot, I can't imagine what it was in postage versus like what it would be now. For for a VHS tape, it was probably only like a dollar. You, you know what I mean? Like, what was uh, a stamp was like twelve or thirteen cents back then. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember like the exact number, but it wasn't, you know, 37 cents. Yeah. So um, did you, before, besides football, did you have anything else that you thought maybe you wanted to do in school, in college or career wise that you wanted to be? No. Oh, career wise. I wanted to fly. I wanted to be a pilot. Oh. Um that that's pretty much all I wanted to do. And like, there, there's a bunch of people like, um, I remember, Oh, Kelly Brook used to make fun of me for it. Really? All I wanted to do was fly jets in the air force. That's it. That's all I wanted. Applied to the, the air force Academy. Didn't get in. So I'm like, well, shit, there goes that idea. Um, but I mean that, that kind of stuck with me in life. And like, I mean, that's kind of 
what my life has been revolved around, but that's for like a fast forward, but that's all I wanted to do was fly jets. Why did you want to fly them? I guess it goes back to like the whole firefighting thing, like the thrill, like it was exciting. It was something different. Um, Adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. Like F-15s were like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to fly F-15s. I wanted nothing else. That's it. Now I look back and, and nah, I'm good. Right. I was going to, so I was going to, I was like making a list of like, you know, have you skydove, skydived? No. Have you bungee jumped? Mm -mm. Have you, um, I don't know, done like racing, like stock car racing or? I've, I've been in, uh, a race car, like driving around the track, but I never drove it. So there's no like adrenaline, adrenaline junkie. There's like a car outside my apartment, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you, you have like no history of like adrenaline junkie other than going into burning buildings. Yeah, pretty, yeah. No, I was a big wuss. Like even roller coasters scared me. Yeah. Like, blew my mom's mind. Like you hate roller coasters, but you want to fly jets. Mm-hmm. I mean, once I, like, I mean, you know, we, you know, Hershey Park, I rode them all. Mm-hmm. It's the initial, like they're scary initially, but once you get going, it you're was- just going. It was that motion sickness for me. Like there was a yeah. spin, there were spins going on and I yeah. couldn't and the uh, backward spins are what killed me. Yeah. It upset. I now I'll be honest. Now I can do them. Now I, I like them. I like the adrenaline. I like the, like the rush when you're walking up, um, probably won't ever go to one again, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I did yeah. like them. I did like them BC, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or COVID. Yeah. As I get older, I, I become like a bigger wuss. Like I, I'll do like normal roller coasters, but water slides, nope. Mm. Oh, really? You're afraid of slipping out? I in my head, I'm gonna go over the side. Yeah, it, ha- it can happen. No, can I tell you? So that's always been my thing, like about like bungee jumping and um and parachutes and and um. I've always said that like those type of things are for people who understand the risks right right like i always feel like i don't want to do it because i don't want to be the guy whose bungee cord broke or whose parachute (laughs) didn't open yeah when i was skydiving like i I don't want to be that guy because guess what that's the rush it might not right it always may not work yeah and you're like that is the thrill of like this drop that could kill you if your parachute didn't open right and sometimes it doesn't and i don't want to be that guy a roller coaster is like as much of a of the risk that mm-hmm. i'm willing to take right maybe it won't work out for you right and that's just because i have strong hands tom i can yeah. hold on strong if i'm you're like strapped in you're strapped in you're on a track like the chances of it going i mean it's happened we all know like Wildwood had that one kid die. You know, they all had that. But I've but got a strong grip. You always tell yourself, well, it's not going to happen to me. Because there's a 1% chance that this happened. Oh, it won't happen to me. Yeah, but that guy that it happened to, he said it wasn't going to happen to him. If, it ha- if anything bad happened once every, say, like uh, 
you know, 12 times, would you, I would never do it. No. Like nope. no one would drive a car if like once every 12 times someone's going to T-bone you at an intersection. Nope. Because brakes suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I'm, like I'm, I'm walking. Not a chance. Was there an attempt? Like, so Yuka was, was a guest mm. uh, one here and, and he was a pilot, is a pilot. And it was like, there's nothing, there was nothing to like help guide him towards being a pilot. Right. Right. Was there anything that you were able to look into in that realm? Later on, there was, um, I think like going to college, like once I got to college, like my priorities kind of changed and like, uh, I was going to go one route that was complete opposite of flying. Um, but College is another story, we'll, and we'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Uh, but it, eventually, I got to the point where, like, the whole aviation thing came back into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I started, like, flying lessons at, at Wings Field, uh, but that didn't work out too well because every time I went there, the weather was bad and we couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried getting back into the Air Force Academy and actually got in, uh, but some other stuff happened that kept me from being able to go. You say back in because you were already in? Back. You said back into the Air Force. Academy. Oh, I tried getting, I tried getting in again. So I, I misspoke. I tried getting into the Air Force Academy again. So you had tried going in prior? Yeah. The senior year, I, I applied. Um, got like the, the congressman's nomination uh, me and Ryan Conway kind of were going through that whole process together because uh, he was trying to go to the Naval Academy. I was trying to go to the Air Force Academy. We had both gotten the, uh, the congressman's nomination from the same same guy. Um, but then uh, I didn't get in because of my SAT scores. Oh, wow. Um, what does the congressman nomination mean? So everyone, everyone that's at one of the service academies has to have a letter written from a congressman saying, uh, I nominate this person to be my, they're allowed four people Mm -hmm. uh, in each academy. So like one senior, one junior, one sophomore, one freshman, uh, in each academy at any given time. So that's like your letter saying, this is my one guy that I'll let granted they give that letter to 30 people. Mm -hmm. And then the, the academies have to figure out which one they have to pick. So what, so were you then throwing out like college football mm-hmm. as an option, air force at the same, cause this is senior year you're applying. So that means that you're not sold on going anywhere for college yet for through football. Right. Um, were those your two, big avenues or did you have anything else that you were that was pretty much it for for me it was um where did you want to go other than the academy yeah like if you were to go for football where were you trying to get into that you wanted to go it was uh wingate it was wingate that was your only that was your only one that was the only other well i applied to albright but that was uh i was there because they were recruiting me so i was there on a visit and they basically handed me an application said here quick fill it out uh and don't worry about that the 
essay or the application fee. We'll just, we'll run it through. Of course I got in, but they had nothing there school-wise that I was, had any interest in. Did your, uh, where'd your brother go? Um, my younger brother went to Juniata. Did your older brother go to college? No, he didn't go to college. Did your, did your parents go to college? My mom went to St. Joe's for a while. Um, but that was like when St. Joe's just opened up to women. Mm -hmm. So it was very difficult for her. Uh, and she more or less got like run out. What was your desire? Where did your desire to go to college come from in that case? You know, my parents didn't go. And so like, not my parents wanted me to go to college, but I always kind of looking back, I felt like we didn't know how to be as forceful growing up mm -hmm. to get into college. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went to Monco for my right. because when college, when high school ended, I had not put myself in that position to right. like go to temple right. to where temple would say, yes, come to temple. So but you, you whether it's Monk or not, it's still college, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But like for you, like to prepare your, and the, like you mentioned your SATs, but if you were a total, you know, fuck up in that way, they wouldn't have, I mean, maybe you were good enough in football, but I, I got to think they wouldn't have just taken you. But I guess where did that come from? At least that desire or that uh, to go to college, where did that? You know, I actually like the fact that you brought this up because like, I think there's for, I think it's one of the part of the problem with the country is there's this drive. Like if you, you don't go to college, you're not successful. Right. I mean, we had it growing up. The only people that were successful were the ones going to college. Mm -hmm. Everybody else just kind of, that's not true. We know that now, but I think a lot of it was, Oh, I'm not going to be a success unless I go to college and I graduate college. Again, it's not true. Like, I know that now, like, I, don't, I wouldn't push my kids to go to college if that's not what they wanted. Um, I mean, I would hope they have a plan. Like, I wouldn't want them to just sit at home and be bums. But there's so many opportunities, uh, whether it's trade school, uh, whether it's, you know, starting your own business or college. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the only route we have. But I didn't know that back then. So I thought, if I don't go to college, I'm going to be a failure. If I don't go to college, I'm going to disappoint my, my parents. Uh, and it even got to the point where it was, if I don't play football in college, I'm going to disappoint my dad. So like, there was a lot of that pressure for me uh, with that stuff. You didn't go to tech school, right? No. Uh, we've talked a bit about that too. Like, yeah. you know, learning a trade, right. You know, there's, there's two sides of it. I think is like, you know, like kids who like went to tech school and, and had a trade and were able to have something coming out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to where college or not, mm -hmm. they're already making more than a living wage in, in a lot of cases and setting themselves up already starting the process of that long-term, whereas many in like, when they get out of college, it's like the 401k or stock options or, you know, whatever you're trying or becoming partner where the mm -hmm. benefits start coming in or 
you're trying to reach that point, but like you're already right. doing that at like 1920, you're in the system, you're paying dues. Right. And then, you know, I think about like what, what just happened with Aunt Becky just getting sentenced to, to prison for two months for bribing to get her daughter into yeah, yeah. college, yeah. right? Yeah. And the funny thing is her daughter didn't even want to, that daughter didn't even want to go to college. And it's like, cause she's already a spokesperson and has like a YouTube page and she's already making millions of dollars. And you know, when you look at like those two things where it's like college is just not necessary to be successful. It's right. not necessary to be influential in the world, in your right. community. It's a great place to cultivate mm -hmm. yourself and ideas or to, you know, socialize in a way that is beneficial to a lot of people or fuck just to have fun and, and figure it out. Right. You know, right. it's that time that is good in your, in your, in your life and in your brain to have those experiences, but it doesn't write what your future is. Right. I agree. Like you, you talked to, and I don't remember, was it Danielle you talked about tech school? Yeah. And we also, I also had Derek on as well. So, I think she brought it up or one of you guys brought it up. There was like a stigma with the tech school kids, right? Yes. They're not that good at school. So they go there. They want to leave half the second Man. half of the day because they're not good at. Anything. They were better. They were better off graduating high school than we were like trying to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I look at like now, especially with what's going on and, you know, who knows how the world's going to exactly shake out. Mm. I, I wish I had that, like, that skill with my hands that I could do that put me in a position to not really need. Right. Not need a, an institution or right. not need a, a support system, you know, to, to just be able to say, like, I can go out and I can fix, you know, pipes. I can mm. install air conditioning yeah. and cut wood. I mean, shit, just like seeing like my buddies cutting, cha making chairs for his family yeah. in the backyard yeah. with wood. And I'm thinking like, wow, they look like exactly the same, not like artsy, rustic, everything's kind of uneven, but it's sturdy. Mm -hmm. Look like it looks like, yeah. how do you do that? I, I, and I just wish some of these guys do something with a piece of wood that you just sit back and go like, what are you going to do with that? It's a block of wood. And then by the time they're like halfway through, you're like, Holy crap. So, you, so you're not handy in that way at all either. No, 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 no. I don't have the imagination to be able to do that stuff. Um, so for you then leaving, I guess, well, what was, what was your senior year like in general? You know, you, you were trying to find your way throughout high school and senior year, obviously like, and I even think I went, I, now that I'm thinking, I think I went to your graduation party it was yeah. in the firehouse. Yep. I remember this now. It was good food. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember all the doors open and the long tables in the yep. firehouse. Yep. Um, for you, you know, did you, so obviously I came probably with like Josh and Alyssa and, mm -hmm. and, and Scott. And um, did you feel like you had found a niche or found a, a group? I, I did. And like, that's when I started like hanging out with like lunchtime and in school with like you, Scott and, and Ray. And I was, I was good with that. That's all I needed. You know what I mean? Uh, I kind of wish I started doing that earlier because like we all got along. Like it just, I didn't have to be anybody else. I could just go there and be like, 
you know, this is my day. This is a bad day or is a good day. We just like would sit and bullshit. You would make jokes, make everybody laugh. And then we'd go to the next period. Mm. You know, looking back, that's probably my biggest regret is not finding those friends earlier uh, and not trying to like pursue something like that. Cause we all got along. Mm. So that was pretty much it. I was perfectly happy with that. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I'd go to school, we'd hang out at lunch and then I'd go home uh, after, you know, practice or after working out. And then I'd go to the firehouse and spend like the, the night there and then go home and go to bed. Little known fact, Tom, about that lunch period. That wasn't my lunch. <laughs> all right. You were there all the time. I was just, cause I knew that that's where I knew that's where everyone was. I never had lunch with my friends. Yeah. Um, I would always like have to try and make friends at the new lunch period every, every semester, every year. I had like, um, I had gotten, I just talked about this on an episode where I got kicked out of um, physics class and I dropped it. And Mr. Anderson had to remove from my transcript and I had study hall just for the rest of the semester. And that was like your lunch period. So (laughs) I just used to, I just used to like leave study hall and take hall pass and go to the cafeteria. I guess I just assumed it was your lunch. Yeah, I would just come like all the time. Yeah. But I would also do it like to their English class too. I would just come hang out in the hallway. And oh, like, really? Yeah, I was just, I was a roamer. A drifter. That's right. Made lunch more fun. Um, yeah, that's the, the senior cafeteria, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to sit at the, like you had the lines for like where the food was. We sat at that table right there in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those are, yeah, those are fun times. Like, but it was hard for me because like I said, like, yeah, I didn't have like lunch with like any of those, all my, all my like actual friends, friends who like I would consider people who wouldn't be on the podcast because mm-hmm. they know we knew each other's parents. We've been right. to each other's houses. Right. Like all of them were pretty much a branch through Ray. Right. So none of them were actually in lunch with me. So like every year it would be tough of like standing around looking and like, all right, who am I going to, who, who do I think I can hang out with? Who's going to let me sit at their table? Right. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, just listening to other podcasts, like hearing you talk about like you went through a rough time senior year and like, I feel like such an asshole sometimes like, cause I didn't really pay attention to much of the world around me. And it's like, I never saw it. Like I didn't know you were having trouble. You know, I wasn't, um, and I think I'm still kind of this way. I, I wasn't a, mm, I want to be, I want to be accurate when I say this. I wasn't like a, a, a woe is me. Right, right. I, I wasn't a, hey, you know, it, I think now I try to embrace like if, if we're friends, then yes, I will tell you if, if things are really bad. Mm-hmm. Or I expect you to check in and make sure that I'm okay. Right. But I think now and even then right we weren't like i said we weren't like go to each other's houses right. we know each other right. we knew each other from school but i don't think i expected that from like our relationship mm. 
to where I needed to like see you and oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. boy, yeah. Tom, things are tough. Um, yeah, I, I get that. And I don't think I even knew things were like, when I think back to like my behavior, then it's, I think like, boy, that was so like weird how I never like, I stopped going to lunch or like my eating habits changed. Um, or, you know what I mean? Like, and I would think back to thoughts of that of like, boy, I need to like find friends because my right. best friend just died. And right. I'm, how am I going to have friends again? You know, like things like that. I think back like, Oh, I probably, you know, was going through a lot of things that I probably could have talked to people more about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't know that then like, I went through more is it too. And you just don't know, you don't see it yourself. You just but, think you're, you're going on living, but in reality you're, you're self-destructive. Yeah. You're, you're damaging relationships around you and you really just don't know. You don't see that it's going on. You're reacting. Right. You know, but, but, but it's also not like anything where I think like you needed to, or, or I expected, or, mm. you know what I mean? Like for you to say like, Oh man, how are you doing with everything? You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, yeah. You right. know what I mean? so like you wouldn't you wouldn't know that because I don't think I would let that show yeah. to see you. It'd be like, <laughs> and if anything, seeing you or or talking with you or whatever in school would be like a relief to have something kind of more a little bit more a little bit more normal, right? You know, in the day. It's we're all happy, right? Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's a funny thing with with raised it. Like, it wasn't. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure I have like habits with with friendships and things like that mm-hmm. that stem from that. But it's not anything that I've ever felt traumatized, right? Um, right. On a daily, I think about Ray like probably every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's not anything where I, I, I ever felt like I can't handle this or mm. anything where I felt like, um, um, oh, this reminds me of Ray. And so this is a no go or, you know, nothing. And again, maybe I should, you know, maybe there are things that like about my life that like talking about could reveal or whatever that's right, right. that, but there's never been anything alarming like that for me where I've said like, oh, still can't get over this or, you know, it's, yeah. I, I felt like I took it as best as best I could and like dealt with it and, you know, just try to keep always dealing with it, I guess. Right. right. I don't know. That's good. So for you then going to North Carolina, that's mm-hmm. gotta be huge. <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, it was, it was different. Like, uh, you know, I went down and I visited down there. Uh, sat down with the football coach, um, you know, toward the camp. It was a smaller school. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a smaller school. So it was like, I didn't want to do like the Penn States uh, because I wasn't that social of a person. So I right. thought I'd get lost and just, it wouldn't be good for me. So I went to a small school. Wasn't the best idea in the long run, but I'll get into that in a second. <clears throat> So I get down to North Carolina, meet all these new people. Uh, you know, I'm playing football. That's not what I want to be doing anymore. All my friends are over there. They're having a good time. I have to go to practice. Mm. 
I'm like, nah, I want to be over there having a good time. So I quit. Big mistake. So, you know, I go over, start having a good time. Uh, I did really well freshman year. Like I was on the Dean's list. Uh, I was on the freshman honor society, but one thing I learned is I like drinking and it just, it got worse and worse. And sophomore year, I lost my scholarship because all I did was like, I was drinking like every day, Mm. wasn't going to class. Um, I think I missed more classes than I went to. Mm. So it was, (laughs) it was funny. My, Chemistry, or not my chem, my calculus teacher, sophomore year. Uh, that was ex- second semester freshman year. We were doing something. We were like derivatives or something. So I went in and I, you know, answered the test. The, like the one day I showed up to class that week, answered the questions, turned it in. I get the test back and it was like a 70. I'm like, shit's right. Like, now mind you, like at this point, I know I'm good at math. Like, I know this is right. Right. So I went to him up to the professor afterwards. I'm like, look, this stuff's right. He goes, it is. I haven't taught that yet. I'm like, he's like, if you showed up to class, you would know I haven't taught that yet. Wow. You're supposed to be doing it this way. That's why you lost all those points. I'm like, ah, gotcha. So that was fun. Um, so then does that become like a, a thing that you're able to handle or are you aware of, I mean, were you aware of it at that moment? At that point? No, yeah. no, I just wanted to have fun. I didn't care. Well, let me ask you this. How, how do you, what was your, was your scholarship not contingent on your, on playing football? No, it was academic. Oh, okay. So the scholarship was there academic football was there. Um, in with the ability to earn a scholarship okay but my the scholarship was academic but it was only like a partial which is why i was shooting for the other half with football Mm. uh because the place was like 30 30 grand a year then wow uh so it was expensive and um yeah so sophomore year I think I had a one one nine first semester and a one five second semester. It was a big change from the three six I had in freshman year. So, you know, my parents start asking questions and I'm like, you know, after first semester, I'm like, oh, you know, it's just different. You're like, I, I don't I'll get focused. I'll be all right. Get back after after uh, Christmas break and you're like, oh, let's party. Well, now my friends stop partying because they got school tomorrow. I'm like, Fuck, let's drink. Mm. So I'd find the people that wanted to drink. Um, then, like, I ended up getting a DUI at one point, uh, sophomore year. But I knew the cop. Uh, he was dating a friend of mine. Mm. Uh, and so he was like, oh, my God, Tom, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I haven't even been drinking that much. Like, I just picked up beer. But... Mind you, I'm underage, but the gas station, they didn't care. Mm. They'd sell to anybody who had money. Um, so then I'm, there was like, 
the apartment that I lived in had this like long road. So I was with this guy. I'm like, let's see how fast my car will go. Well, the cop was sitting there. He's like, Tom, you're an idiot. Another cop pulls up. Um, he didn't know how the other cop would react to what was going on. Mm-hmm. He was going to let me slide. I'm like, dude, get in your apartment. Don't be a douche. This other cop pulls up. He's like, I got to write you a ticket now. So fast forward a little bit. The other cop actually started, like, I ran into the two of them at, uh, like, my girlfriend at the time. Somebody had rode on her car. She had a Range Rover. Mm-hmm. So she was a little pissed off that somebody rode on it. Uh, so we, she called the cops. And I'm at her apartment. And the two cops that were there when I got my ticket were the ones that were there. It was a small town. There was five cops in the whole town. Right outside so, Charlotte, you said, right? Yeah. It's, like, 40 minutes outside of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, the other cop, the one that pulled up after the fact was like, dude, why'd you give Tom a ticket? He looks at him and goes, I gave him a ticket because you pulled up. He's like, I wouldn't have wrote him. Long story short, they kind of like, they talked to the DA and got me out of it. So like when I went to court, I went to court a couple times and just like the ticket got pushed back. Mm-hmm. And then the last time it was like right after the school year ended, I'm like, you know, I got to get back. I can't lose my license because I, I work in Delaware, so I have to drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get up there. The judge goes, how do you plead to reckless driving? I'm like, guilty. Off I went. $200 fine and I was done. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm out in the, out in the courthouse. I'm like, dude, dude, you saved, you saved me. He's like, don't do this shit next year. Wait, did you say you worked in Delaware? Yeah, I worked in, like, uh, my that, summer job was in Delaware. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Back up here. Yeah, yeah. So you were you were coming home in the summer. Yeah, uh, I was coming home in the summer and, like, Christmas break. Okay. I was home pretty much any time we had time off. Uh, and then summer I worked in Delaware. I worked at uh, Wilmington Blue Rocks. When uh, That's pretty cool. Did you play Did you play baseball in uh, at school? Sophomore year I did. Okay. Um, but that was like, just cause I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> went to a bar again, I was 20, went to a bar, ran into this girl. I was talking to her and she knew one of the, like the assistant coach at Wingate. And she's like, wait, you want to play baseball? She's like, hold on. Calls this guy at like four o'clock in the morning says, Oh, this guy's going to come see you. Uh, he wants to play baseball this year. So he's like, all right, tell him to come see me first day of school. So I go there and I'm like, Fuck, this guy's going to be like, dude, why do you have this girl call me at four o'clock in the morning? He was like, all right, well, what position are you playing? I told him I'm a catcher. He's like, good. Practice starts tomorrow. Wow. Like, all right. So, you know, I, I played that year and then I, I actually got, I didn't go back uh, to college junior year. Okay. So, so when you, when you left, uh, when you, quit football after your freshman year. Mm. You would talk about the pressure prior to that to like do well in football with your right. dad. Right. What's that like? Well, did your dad know? Because you said that they finally called more about the grades and you explained. So, but the football with your dad, how did that come up? I think in the summer they knew that I didn't really want to play. I didn't want to play in college anymore. 
Like that was my original goal. But as things went on, I just wanted to focus on school. I just wanted to be a normal student, not worry about any extra stuff. Uh, when I got there, um, like I actually missed camp. So I started late with football. Uh, the, the one coach was in my room when I got to school. He's like, you didn't show up. I'm like, well, I, didn't wa- I don't want to play. He goes, well, come talk to me in the office and, and we'll talk about this. So I ended up, he's like, look, you know, we want you, we want you to play. Uh, we feel like you could get playing time this year, play. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, practice was, was all right. Like the practices weren't hard. It was like normal, normal football practice. It was the, the 5.30 a.m. workouts followed by class followed by practice, followed by meetings until 11 o'clock at night. The culture. Yeah. Stuck in the culture. Yeah, it was a full-time job. And to me, it felt like a full-time job. And it wasn't, it just wasn't fun. So I didn't want to, my dad didn't, didn't like it when I I told him I I quit. He wasn't happy. And I kind of remember him not talking to me for like three or four weeks, Mm. but that might just be in my head. I'm sure he'll tell you it was in my head, but. Did you tell him, I don't want your last? <laughs> no. It's not how you said it? No. It was more like, Dad, I'm going to quit the football team. And you could hear the yelling. Wow. Like over here. Yeah, he he. He probably wasn't yelling at me. I know he told me, he's like, oh, I think you're making a mistake. I think you should stick it out. And, but at that point, I had my mind made up. Is that like, I don't know. You, you sound like, like it was pretty, you, you don't make it sound like a big deal. And, you know, for me, listening from the outside, for someone that wasn't an athlete, um, you know, you started when you were six. Mm-hmm. This is what you were, you, know, you talk about how hard you were, you were all working through mm-hmm. high school. Um, this is what you thought you wanted to do to get into college. This is what you went to Wingate for. This is what they brought you kind of in for. And now you're just deciding, I don't want to do this. Right. Is that an easy, I mean, I don't want to say easy, but I mean, the next day and, and going forward, what's going on in your head when you're thinking about this? Oh, regret. Like, so the whole me deciding not to play was pretty much all summer leading into like where I was at at that point. Um, even in, like in the summer, you, you don't know all the extra stuff that's involved. So like, you know, you're going to have meetings, but you don't realize that the meetings and the workouts and stuff go till 10 30, 11 o'clock at night to the point where like even the dining hall, they would keep open for the football team. And it was just us in there. And then we would go right back to the stadium Wow! And, and more meetings. Like it was, it was tough. Like you don't realize how much work goes into it. Like uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, college football players getting paid huge proponent that they should huge. They don't have time for a job. D one's even worse. Right. Like they don't have time for anything, but football mm-hmm. class is even optional in some of these schools. Like, it's just, it's tough for them. And I know, like, I would run out of meals on my card and I'd have to figure out, I don't have a job. I got to figure out where I'm going to eat. So 
it, you know, it's, it's tough. Like it was, it was more than I wanted more than I, um, had hoped for. So it was just, it was more of, like I said, more of a job and I just didn't, it wasn't fun anymore. So I didn't see the point in doing it. Now, the day that I quit, I actually, you know, it's funny because, you know, Frank Reich, Mm -hmm. we all know Frank Reich, offensive coordinator of the Super Bowl Eagles. His brother, Joe, was my coach at Wingate. Whoa. Yeah. And I remember talking to him the day before I quit, like, coach, like, I don't know if this is what I want. I'm not having any fun. Like, this isn't, I don't feel like. I'm where I need to be to help the team. And uh, like, you know, I kind of took some time off in the summer because in my head in the summer, I was done. I wasn't going to play. Um, he goes, Tom, listen, everything you're going through right now, my brother went through and he played in the NFL mm. and he was awesome guy. I talked to him a few times, even after I quit and he didn't treat me like I quit on him. He treated me like a human being. Like he was an awesome guy. Uh, he's actually still the coach there now. And this is 20 years later. Uh, his name's Joe Reich. He's awesome guy. Um, but that whole year I regretted it. Like I was miserable about it. Uh, even going in a sophomore year, like I, I sat there and debated in my head, all right, do I go back to this guy and beg for a chance to play for them again? You know, this is something I think that was a contributor to what my college life turned into. If I stayed on the football team, they had rules. Football season, you could not drink. Uh, Saturday nights, you could get away with it. Um, But that was, you know, the game was today. Now let's go celebrate. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were strict. They had study halls, and you had to be doing work during study hall. so I think college for me would have went completely different had I stayed on the football team. Granted, a lot of things in my life wouldn't have happened, but, you know, it's, things happen for a reason. So what happened, I guess, you said you left after, you didn't finish, you left after sophomore year? Yeah, I, uh, I went home sat down with my mom and like, we, we talked about it. Like she was like, look, you're going to have to come up with the money that you lost in your scholarship. Like that's on you. You have to find it. So I sat there and I, like I was working three jobs, um, just trying to raise the money. Now, first semester junior year, I was supposed to do, um, a study abroad in London. Wow. And, it was, I think there was 30 of us that were going for my school. It was at the University of London. It was all set. Uh, all I had to do was show up and we got on, we'd get on a plane. But I sat there and I thought about it. Like, I have no discipline. Like, I just do whatever I want. I'm fucking up. Like, this isn't who I am. This isn't who I was in high school. I need, I need a change. So I enlisted. I joined, uh, I joined the Air Force Reserve with the intention to go back to school after all my training. So that's, that's where I, you know, back to the air force thing. Um, I'm an aircraft mechanic. Mm. 
So I've, I've been in the Air Force for 17 years now. Wow. So, I mean, that's obviously I didn't go back to school because right. I've been doing this since. Um, the Air Force Reserve, can you tell me what that is? So when you say Air Force, I assume that means you're like going away, mm-hmm. you're in training, you're, you're in constant preparation for war and you're stationed wherever around the world. Mm-hmm. Does that differ from, how does that differ from the reserve? It's a little different. Um, so, you know, you go to boot camp, you go to tech school like you, like anybody else. Mm-hmm. But when you come back to the base that you signed up at, uh, you're only required to do a week. It's like the first weekend of the month. And then there's a two or three week period during the year that you're required to do. Um, now, this was a little different because I went there. I spent a lot of time on orders. So after I got back from school, um, I spent a lot of time like on active duty there. Uh, I was going to go back to school. But then we got activated. Um, so we got put on on full active duty to do rotations uh, in uh, Qatar, in Al-Adid. This is after 9-11, right? Oh, it is, yeah, this is after 9-11. So it was constantly, we were deploying for, at this point we were deploying for Iraqi freedom. Hmm. Um, but tech school was cool. I actually met my wife in Air Force tech school. That's pretty nice. Yeah. So... Um, when you're, you know, I, I kind of forgot when you, I thought you were in the service, but then when you were telling the story, I kind of forgot the time frame that we're talking about. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. more of like, you know, you're thinking you need discipline, but like, does 9-11 have, that's, I think so. You, it, I think it, so. It had an effect on you yeah. making that choice. Yeah. I think that kind of, because, you know, even, even senior in, in high school, like I wanted to be in the air force. Right. Like that's what I wanted. And then that kind of went away with what I was trying to, you know, when I didn't get in, um, nine 11 happens. Now everybody's all gung ho. Like everybody's like, go America. Mm-hmm. Let's go bomb them. You know, like that, it was already in me. Like I wanted to be in the air force. So now this happens. Now I really want to go over there and smack some people around. Mm-hmm. Um, granted I joined the air force. So, yeah, there's probably Marines and and whatever Navy SEALs right. that are going like right. this guy. But I I loved airplanes, loved them. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense for me. Um, so I started working on C-130s. And I don't know if you know what a C-130 is, but I know nothing about anything. Uh, it's this big four engine. It's got propellers. It's this big ugly thing that you grow to love and make it sound like it's a like it's a giraffe or a or an elephant i wish i could share a picture on here i would show you but yeah it's i had worked 130s pretty much my whole career so it's it was different but this goes back into uh you know i applied for the academy again while i was in tech school i applied now, being in the Air Force, they look at your application completely different. So they're like, oh, this guy's already going to boot camp. You, you get put on like a different list than like all the kids in high school. I'm 22 at this point. Right. So 
you have to, or I'm 21. You have to get in before you're 23. Okay. Uh, and that, that's the cutoff because at the time, in order to go to pilot school, you had to be below 27. It's different now. I forget what the age is now, but back then, if you're going to the academy, they're going to push you towards pilot for the most part. Uh, a lot of people don't become pilots, but it, that's like most of the fighter pilots go through the academy. Um, so everything is geared around flying. Uh, and that's why the, the H23 thing is the way it is. And I don't know if it's different now since the, the ages are different, but this is my last chance. Mm-hmm. If I don't get in, then I can't get in. I'll be too old. Uh, I just turned 21. So how it would work would be I would turn 23 my freshman year. Okay. Um, and I actually got in. So there, there's more to the process. Like that uh, nomination letter, you can get it from different people now. Like you can get it from the Senate. You can get it from the vice president. And there's different people in government that you can actually get it from that are pretty much shoe-ins if you get it. Mm. Uh, you get – I had a general – uh, which is like top level. She came to my, my reserve unit uh, because there was an initial interview that we sat through and um, you have to play a sport. So she asked questions about that. Like what sports would you want to play? And so I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like, this is what Soccer. I'm doing. This is what I've done with my career so far. This is how I did in school. Um oh. she- you, you, this was your chance to pick back up on your sock on soccer that you left behind, right? Your one year. Yeah. Your one year. Absolutely. I told her, I want to play. I played soccer when I was five. That's what I want. You don't want to see me play soccer. It's ugly. So she actually knew the football coach. Like they're friends. So this is like to play for the air force. Yeah. Like they're saying, you hey, you have to play football for the Air Force. Yeah, well, you have to play a, some sport. You have to play a sport. So you're like now like, getting – Why not play football? Okay. Oh, God, there's so many things I want to ask you at this point. When this is going on now and you're hearing you're hearing this now, are you thinking like you, you would just – a few years prior, you would quit football. Right. And you even talked about how, like, in a bigger program, it would be worse. Right. With what you were going through, imagine in a bigger program how much worse and intense that schedule would be. Is When you're hearing this, I'm all like, oh, this sounds perfect. But yeah. is that what you really wanted? Yes. So the, the schedule at the academy is already intense. Like, you don't have that, that social time. You don't have that free time that you would at a regular school. No one else is doing other fun stuff where you're saying, look at them over there. While I'm right. Doing- Everybody's marching around. Everybody's flying or, mm-hmm. or doing all these other things that you have to do for the academy. Okay. So football would be a break. <laughs> right, now I don't have these guys yelling at me anymore. I'm wow. practice. I got this guy yelling at me instead. So like, yeah, like, and again, like going back, like there was that regret of, of quitting. Yeah. So this was the second chance. Now this is a D one school now, but 
so it's going to be like, I'm going to be playing people like, you know, you, you see like Notre Dame Navy. Naval Academy is the same as the Air Force Academy. You're playing the big time schools now. I don't know if I would have actually played, but it would have been cool. Um, so everything's working out great. And then my unit gets activated. I can't do that anymore. So you can't go into the Air Force because your Air Force Reserve has been activated. Yeah, because I got listed as active. deploying. You're getting deployed. Wow. Yeah. Would you have been would the would you could you have been activated playing? What, in the academy? Yeah. No, no. So like if you're in the academy, you're in the academy. Like that's your your active duty job is mm. to go to school. Mm. Okay. Um, you're not even really you're not officially in the Air Force yet, but you are. Uh like you're just a cadet. Um you can't like deploy as a cadet. You like main focus is that go to school, get good grades, graduate, and then go out to the main air force. All right. Last question about this. And then we, I'll let, I'll let you keep going with where you went. When you're telling your parents that you want to, that you want to join the air force reserve. Well, first of all, are you working a job at the same, are you working a job at the same time when you're doing the air force reserve since it's only a few days? Yeah. Yeah. So at first I was still working in, uh, at the blue rocks. Um, so then, you know, when I went to boot camp and stuff like that was it, I was away. I was in Texas. Okay. Uh, when I came back, I continued to work at the blue for the blue rocks. Um, and then like I was getting paid peanuts. It was like three fifty a week, but I was working like 80, 90 hours. Sometimes there was weeks that I worked 20 or 30. What were you doing there? I worked the concessions. Like I managed uh, mm -hmm. the concession stands. Mm -hmm. So like I'd have groups to come in. I counted the money. I made sure they had everything they needed. And then they would actually cook and, and serve the food and stuff. Okay. I just I moved money around, uh, did inventory. Um, it was long hours and it was just, I hated it. Yeah. I didn't like it. Um, I ended up quitting that. And I started working at Comcast. Huh. I was a cable guy. Oh yeah. So I did that until until I got activated, and then I pretty much stayed with the Air Force from that point on. So when you tell when you tell your parents at this time post nine eleven that you're going to quit college and come home and you're going to go into the Army, you're going to go into the Air Force Reserve. What's the reaction of your parents knowing that we're now we're probably war bound as it is? Yeah, we're at war. Yeah, you know it. What's what's their thought? My dad, my dad was in Vietnam, so he was like, "Go get time." He knew that's what I wanted. You know, I always wanted to be in the Air Force. My mom initial reaction was, "Are you fucking kidding me? You're just going to throw college away?" I'm like, "Mom." You saw what I did last year. I drank more than I went to class. Mm -hmm. And after a while, she like realized, you know, you're right. Like you probably need this. Like this is probably a part of your life that that's missing that you're missing. Mm -hmm. And it's what you want. So do it. And that was like that day. 
So it didn't take long. But did the drinking stop instantly? <laughs> no. Oh. No. Tech, tech school. Oh, man. I turned 21 in tech school, which was even, made it even worse. So tech school, boot camp is boot camp. Like there's no, there's no social life. Mm. You're getting yelled at. You, you have classes that you have to go to. You march around. You do military stuff. You go shoot. You go and learn how to survive in a chem environment, like a biological weapon environment. Uh, you learn all these things. Then you graduate boot camp. You go to tech school. You're like, I get to tech school, and there's this, this lady. She calls my name. She brings me up. She's going to give me my room key. And I'm like, you know, like in boot camp, this lady was scary. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, like all quiet. And this, this pretty much tips it off. She looks at me, she goes, I don't bite, get up here and get your key. I'm like, all right. So I got my key and then it becomes more like college. Yeah. So for a while you do like the normal, the marching around stuff, but not that much. Mm. You have to wear your uniform all the time. Uh, you go to class, okay. you go home. And you study. Hmm. And the longer you're there, the more stuff that they give back to you. Like, all right, you're here. Now, if you're 21, you can drink on base. Uh, you can walk around in civilian clothes on base. Hmm. If you leave base, you got to wear this uniform. We, we didn't do that. So I turned 21. We go off base, get shit-faced. Now, five o'clock in the morning, uh, they, they have, they're called MTLs, uh, military training leaders. They're like the guys who are like, they're basically like the camp counselors. Like you have your, your instructors and then you have the camp counselors that do like the, all the disciplining and all that stuff. Yeah. Instructors just teach you. They're a whole different world. Um, these guys, like we got in trouble. So our whole floor had to clean the floor like five o'clock in the morning. Well, I'm puking in the toilet. Like I'm dr like drunk. So like I'd show face, like kind of like stumble around, look like I was cleaning something and then go sit on the toilet and hide. So no, the drinking did not stop. And I was in, I was in Texas or I was at Shepherd, which is in like this town, Wichita Falls. It's in Northern Texas. It's a real dump. I was there for like five, six months. But, like, C-130s had the longest tech school at the time. So all my friends were coming and then leaving. They were all gone. Mm -hmm. So it's just me and, like, the other C-130 guys. Mm -hmm. My future wife, like, she was only there for, like, a month or two. Or, like, it was probably, like, two, two, two and a half months. So she was gone. She was at her, her first unit. Mm -hmm. So it was just, like, all right, I got nothing to do. Like I went to class, I didn't drink during the week, which I think was the be the big difference. Mm -hmm. but the weekends, I was shit faced. Like mm -hmm. every weekend, that's all we did. A uh, couple of the guys in my class, they were underage, but the one guy, we could get away with being like brothers. <laughs> so we'd go to the bar. He'd have my license, and I'd have my military ID. We'd go to the door. I'd show my military ID. He's right behind me with my license. Same name. Nobody ever picked up on it. Yeah. You know, so like, that's all, that's what we did on the weekends was get drunk. Um, and then you got deployed. 
So not, not till much later, uh, the unit got activated, but when I was scheduled to, to go, uh, the unit overseas cut back numbers. So they cut back a bunch of positions. So I actually got taken off of the deployment. Okay. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to deploy. So, um, I ended up getting deactivated. Now at this point I'm married. Okay. So you met your wife prior to that. You met your wife in Texas. Yeah. Um, but she was gone. She was only there for a little bit of time before she was, she was gone in her unit. So how long did you know her when you first met her? I first met her. What's your name? Jessica. I met her probably like December of that year. It was December of 03. Mm-hmm. Um, started dating in January. She leaves in February. Um, and we kind of like broke up a little bit and she'll tell me or she'll tell you I was an asshole. Uh, but you know, I wanted to, you know, go to the bars and have fun. Mistake. So we fast forward come July, we get back together. Like four, it was 4th of July. Her and I started talking again. Uh, we get back together a year later, we end up getting married. So now keep in mind, she's in California cause she's stationed, she's stationed at Beale air force base in California. Okay. Where's that? Uh, North of Sacramento. Oh, okay. And I'm at Willow Grove. So it was a little tough. Mm-hmm. And then she actually, she got deployed while I was activated. We were supposed to be deployed at the same time, mm-hmm. but two different places. Uh, she gets deployed. Um, I get deactivated because of the cutbacks. So I move out to California. She's not there. Right. She's still deployed. Um, so then she comes home and, and you know, we, we finally, we'd been married nine months at this point. We never lived together. Yeah. I was going to say, how long have you actually been together at yeah. that point from the yeah, marriage? We do like two weeks here, two weeks there. Yeah. We never lived together. How yeah. long after, how long were you together after you actually, the day you got married, how long before she left? Oh, we didn't get married for like a year and a half or so. But, but once you got married and then she was deployed? Yeah, we got right. married like six months before her deployment. So you were together for, you were living, were you, you were living together for six No, months. I was, I was still in PA. Oh, wow. August, we got married in June. I got activated in August, but I knew it was coming. So that was that. I couldn't go anywhere. Um, so we just, for, for nine months, we just, wow. yeah. Wow. That was tough. Yeah. So now you, she's activated. So now you go back to California. You go to California where yeah. she is. She yep. comes home and now you're together for the first right. time. For the first time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Now when I moved out there, I didn't have a job. Hmm. So I spent six months trying to find a job. I, uh, I transferred to a guard, uh, air national guard unit right outside of, uh, San Jose. Uh, and when I was enlisting, the recruiter called the supervisor down there and said, Hey, I got this guy. He's a qualified C-130 guy. Um, he's coming down to you. And he's like, Oh, cool. Does he want a job? I'm like, yeah. Cause I couldn't, I was trying, I couldn't find a job. A lot of the jobs were saying no, cause I didn't speak Spanish. 
So that was, that was tough. It was hard to find a job. So this guy offers me a job. I go through the application process and now I have a civilian job working for the DOD, uh, which is, it's a civilian job doing exactly what my military job is. I'm a C-130 mechanic. Okay. And I, I did that up until about a year and a half ago. Wow. So did you get deployed? You never got deployed? Oh, yeah, I've been deployed four times. And then one, I have one NATO deployment, but that's not a, that was more like a vacation. So then at what point did you end up getting deployed? It was, so I got there in May of 06 in, or I moved out there in March of 06. I got deployed the first time in May of 07. To where? Africa. Wow. Yeah. What's going on in Africa? <laughs> Are you allowed to talk about? <laughs> it's that place is a disaster. That's like not what I would expect. Yeah, it's it's dude. Is it's that hard. Taliban? Is that like yeah. Taliban control? No, so there's there's like different groups there. Like Al Shabaab is real big. Mm. Um but like the unit I'm with, we do search and rescue. Mm. So it's a cool mission. We're there just in case somebody gets hurt, like wherever they are, we'd fly in, get them and get them to safety. Um, but like, you know, Amma was talking about India mm. and how crazy it is to see like the, like the people and how their living conditions. And it, it's just like that in Africa, man. It's crazy. Like uh, the the country that we were in is called it's called Djibouti, mm-hmm. dude. You want to talk about slums? Like wow. it's it's depressing. Like these people live in in trash. Wow, it's cra- it's crazy. So like you see like how other people live, and they're good with it. Mm. And it's it's crazy. We couldn't live like that. No, would I mean? In Philadelphia here, um, you know, everyone's having a freak out because with COVID, the trash men aren't, are calling out. So they don't have enough manpower to, to get the trash on a weekly basis right. at the schedule that they were getting it. And like everyone's freaking out because the streets are covered with, the sidewalks are covered with trash bags mm-hmm. in a lot of at least the South Philly neighborhoods here. So I couldn't imagine if you didn't even have bags. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. They would build houses out of trash. So, well, so, I mean, as you're getting deployed, you, how many, you got three times to say? Four. Four times? Yep. Um, and you're a mechanic, is it, are you acting as a mechanic? Are you working yeah. as a mechanic when you're going out there? Yeah. Dangerous? Scary? No. No. You're not in like any like war? There, I mean, there's people that hate you. <laughs> But like, I don't know, I, I guess like to me, and my wife and I had always had this conversation. It was always harder on the person that was here hmm. uh, than it was the person that was deployed. Now, I, I can't speak for like the, the army guys and the Marines that, you know, do patrols and stuff like that. Like I was confined to the base mm-hmm. where I'd get up, work my shift, fix airplanes, launch airplanes, and then I'd go work out and go to bed. Okay. So like my lifestyle was a lot different than a lot of people. 
Um, but no, like you just, you go in, you do your thing. You, you know, you're so focused on, I'm going to go to work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat. I'm going to go to the gym. And then I'm going to go to bed. It's like, for me, it was deployments were like easy lifestyle. Like it's hot. You're working a lot. Like you work seven days a week in 130 degree weather. It's that sucks, mm-hmm. but it's easy. Like you don't have to worry about it. Like you don't have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. Like your day's planned out for you. You just go, you do your thing and you go to bed. Were you able to solve your need for discipline? Did it, did this do what you were looking for? It woke me up. Like, you know, I, I know the difference. I still don't know when to shut up sometimes, but you know, that's, that's life. I grew a, like, I don't remember like in high school, I don't remember having a temper, uh, but I definitely grew one. <laughs> and impatience for stupid people. But I, I think so. Like, I think it, it, I think it gave me the direction that I needed. Like now I figured out what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to go back to college to do it. I just got to keep on this path. Yeah. So, I mean, it was good. I liked it. I like my job. I've been all over the world. I've seen a lot of awesome places and I got paid to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was going to ask what's, what's like, a, Oh, your favorite your favorite destination that you've been to? I don't think I have a favorite. I have a couple that I would love to go back to. Um, Denmark was awesome. I was in Denmark. It was actually on the way home from that deployment. Uh, We were in Denmark for the 4th of July. Wow. And they actually celebrate the 4th of July. And so we, we would ask them like, why do you guys celebrate the 4th of July? That's America's independence. Yeah. It was because our country was bankrupt. Like after World War II, there was nothing left. And America rebuilt our country for us. Mm. So we celebrated every year. It was called American Day. <laughs> they, they loved us, man. They found out we were Americans. I don't think I paid a dime in the bar. Uh, That's great. Yeah. And then, uh, see, Estonia is cool. I like Estonia. Where's that? Uh, like Baltic Sea. Like you got Sweden, the Baltic Sea, and then Estonia is like the northern. It's like all the way. Russia's on its eastern border. And then you got the Baltic Sea to the north, or not the Baltic. I'm sorry. It might be. I'm not sure, but Sweden is like a a, a ferry trip away. Okay. It's way north, which messed us up because it got dark at four o'clock in the morning and then it, the sun would come back up at five. Wow. One yeah. hour. Woo. <laughs> so we'd be drinking, it would get dark and we'd all panic like crap. We got to yeah. be to work in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was, fun. but that place was beautiful. Um, a lot of the Eastern, like Eastern European cities are cool. Okay. Like, uh, Prague was cool. Uh, Budapest was cool. Mm. 
Uh, I love Germany. Mm. Love Germany. Um, but yeah, those are probably like my favorites. Okay. So this whole time, you're still kind of like partying a little bit. Mm. Does that ever, does that, is that still going? Did you ever stop? I mean, so it's funny. My wife makes, she, she makes fun of me because I don't drink. But when I'm on the road, I always end up getting drunk. Like at home, I, I don't, I don't drink. Like I don't ever drink. So it's, it's weird. Like, uh, I, I pretty much just drink water. I yeah. my water here. But anytime I'm in like another country, I always find a, a way to get drunk. So that's funny because when you started telling this and you're like, you know, you, you know, you were drinking and then you left school and, you know, not knowing where you were going to go with this. Like, I didn't know you were going to start like going into like, you know, like where you didn't stop or you couldn't stop or, um, and so that's pretty, but the whole reason that you left, part of the reason you left college was because you couldn't stop drinking. You felt like it was a reflection on your life. And here it almost seems like the reflection on your life wasn't that you couldn't stop drinking. The reflection on your life was that you didn't belong in college. Right. <laughs> right. Isn't that, isn't that, funny? I think that That might actually be the most accurate description of, of basically like my discovery. Like I, I should have been in the, the military the whole time. Which you wanted to do. That was right. your, right. Your one a. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you become a parent at some point during all this. <laughs> so that first deployment, my wife was pregnant. Her first or your first? My first, my first. So now we're, we're in like May 07. Mm-hmm. My daughter was born in July, July 15th, 07. I got home from that trip July 8th. Wow. So I'm home a week and now I got a kid. So you want to talk about life changing. She was like, like, oh man, she was born in San Jose. And man, you want to talk about like one of the worst experiences I ever had was at this hospital. Um, she was fussy. Like as a newborn, she was, she cried a lot. We couldn't figure out I'm 24. My wife is 22. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't know what we're doing. Like we don't want kids. Mm. Now here we are. We've got a kid. We got to figure this out real quick. Wow. Um, couldn't get her to stop crying. So then I'd lay on like this. They had like this chair that folded out into like this, like had like almost like an ottoman. So mm. I'd lay there. We weren't sleeping because she was crying so much. And I'd sit her right on my chest and she'd out. I'm like, oh my God, she's sleeping. So then I doze off, you know, you know that the, the baby's there. Like you're not like completely conked out. Right. The nurses come in, start screaming at you like, Oh, he, he can't do that. He can't do that. My wife is like, he's fine. Go away. This is the first <laughs> finally sleeping. Like he's, he's fine. He's not going to roll over on her. And like, you have that in the back of your head that you're going to roll over on. So every now and then you kind of like, Mm-hmm. Oh, we're good. And then uh, the other thing that got her to stop crying was walks. 
you take her little buggy and push it around. So I took her for a walk, not knowing that you weren't allowed. Oh. So I'm like pushing around. Like one of the nurses is like, oh, how old is she? When was she born? Like talking to me like, oh, she's so cute. And then are you allowed to be walking around? Like, you need a hall pass? It's, it's my kid. Did Mr. Yeah. Madden give you a hall pass? Right, right. So then they start freaking out and they were like so good at making you feel like you were not ready for this. Uh, You're terrible. You suck at life. Uh, you should not be a father. It was terrible. It was a horrible experience. Um, we get out of the hospital, obviously, you know, it's different. Like I, that kid, she's 13 now. Um, brilliant kid. She's so smart. She, huh. She's so smart. Is um, are are Jessica's parents in California? No, they're in Illinois. She grew so up in Iowa. So you guys were your parents out there? Like, did you guys have to do this on your own? Um, my mom actually flew out um, while I was still deployed okay. to kind of take care of Jess while I was gone. Um, so she was there for that, and she stayed. She was there for the birth and she was probably there for a little while afterwards. Okay. And then she had a little bit of, little bit of, of motherly guidance, at least to help. Right. Right. You're not totally fucking this up. Right. Right. Thank God for that. Yeah. Get home from the hospital. She's like, go to bed. I got the baby. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. So So, yeah. Thankfully she was there. Um, how many kids do you have? have two. Two? Have two. A 13-year-old and an 8-year-old. Boy or girl? Both girls. Both girls. Both girls. Wow. Yeah. So here yeah. you are. Here I am. Girl Dealing dad. Girl things. Girl dad. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. You, you, when we talked, you said that you had kids young. Um, and I didn't know that, you know, your story more or less of like that, that moment when I stopped knowing you up until really when you had kids was you struggling to get into a a life, not even like, uh, necessarily do things, Mm -hmm. but like to get into a lifestyle that you felt fit you. Right. Um, and it feels you know, cause for me, it's like, I feel like I, I'm just kind of like doing things to try to like achieve things. And, yeah. and I don't mean that in a grandiose way, just small little things, yeah. whatever, like just trying to do certain checkpoints or whatever that I, I try and say, I want to do that. Um, but like, I don't think I ever like have like a, a top, I couldn't say that my goal is to like achieve this in myself or to see this in myself or to be better mm-hmm. at doing this. And it's like really, that's really what you were like screaming for and constantly trying with trying to get into the Air Force and all this since high school. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get it and you wanted responsibility and you wanted to be able to like take care of yourself in a way. And here in that whole span while you were trying to find your career stuff, mm-hmm. now you have kids young, you get married, have kids young and father of two, that response, everyone says you're never ready for it, right? But when right. it happens, 
you just do it. And here you were trying to like find this responsibility to stop kind of fucking around with your free time in a sense. Mm-hmm. And you found the ultimate thing that makes you just kind of learn. And that's <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like you kind of yeah, like, no, no, I do. I mean, I don't think, uh, the, the whole kids thing was, like I said, like neither one of us wanted kids. I, I know, but, but like, it just feels like in a span of like six years, you kind of accidentally fell into the things that you were saying you felt like you needed. Yeah. And you're forced into just doing it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like <laughs> shit just happens. The next thing you know, you're like, oh, well this works. Yeah. Yeah. Like you probably, you know, you, you didn't think you wanted to be you know, an, an airplane mechanic. I actually told my recruiter when I went to him, I don't want to be a mechanic. And he goes, I got just the job for you. You know, like here are the stories that recruiters lying. So I don't think my recruiter lied to me. I just don't think he knew any better. Mm. So he, he kind of sold me this, this job making me think that I was going to be um, what in a sense is there's another job that, that, is essentially an airborne mechanic, is a flight engineer. Uh, he operates all the systems while the pilots are, are essentially just steering the airplane. Mm. Um, that's what I thought I was do- going in for. And that's not at all what I went in for. But so it was a total accident that I ended up being a mechanic. But I'm good at it. I like doing it. Um, You're actually in there with your hands doing stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as like wishing that you had a trade with your hands. Yep. Dude, you fucking did that too. Yep. Like, yeah, dude, I <laughs> fucked up in high school. I, you know, I, I thought I'll tell anybody tech school is the way to go. Even not have gone like that's. But you still, like you got it, like you did it though. Yeah, I'm still talking about wishes and wants and you actually like all these things that you wanted for yourself, you, even though they weren't the moves you were specifically doing, you still were conscious of it and you made it happen. Right. But I didn't know that that's what I wanted. I didn't know I wanted That's what's incredible about it. Right. Right. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. It's crazy, right? <laughs> that is crazy. It just happens and you suck at this. So uh, let's go try this and yeah. oh, it works. Uh, yeah. When do you leave the, the West Coast and go and go to New York? Uh, that was 10 years ago, 2010. Oh, wow. So we were in California for four years. Um, the traveling back and forth for like holidays and, you know, with her parents at the time they lived in Iowa uh, and my, you know, my parents still being in, in PA it was too much, especially with a, a one-year-old or a newborn. It was way too much. Yeah. We started looking at uh, the unit that I'm at now was our, our sister unit. So same mission. Uh, we do a lot of things together. Uh, we rotate on deployments together. Um, so I knew people here and I'm like, look, we know them. Uh, why don't we look at jobs out there? And uh, my wife got hired like right away because she's really good at her job. Um, so she get hired and we're like, fuck it, let's do it. We're moving. We're moving to New York. Wow. And like two months later, I'm driving a car across country. Uh, she's already out. There. She flew out and started working. I'm driving. I dr- I'm driving all our shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Air Force actually paid for us to move. 
So they sent a trucking company, they picked up all the big stuff. And then I fit what I could in the back of my car. And my dad flew out. I picked him up at the airport in San Jose and off we went right to Vegas. Spent a couple of days there and, and then finished driving then went, across. Then he went home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, here we are. We're in New York. And it's funny. You had brought up – who was it with? I don't remember who, who the conversation – it might have been either Brianna or Susie. Uh, you went to California, and you didn't really get the vibe that they understood, like, the attitude. It was too nice. It's funny you say that. I found myself getting in a lot of trouble at work because what my boss would tell me, you, you have a bad attitude. Like, no, it's not a bad attitude. It's East coast. I'm from the East coast. The Philly this attitude. How we talk. Yeah. It's not a bad attitude. I'm perfectly happy right now. You just don't understand me. Yes. So, but yeah, all the time I get in trouble. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I, is. I didn't vibe with, you know, the way that people talk. I, I was, I'm a very like to the point, very blunt, not because I'm mad, but just because I don't feel the need to dress up what I'm going to say. Right. If I'm going to tell you you're an asshole, I'm going to tell you you're an asshole. Yeah. Like it, but see, back home, if I told you you were an asshole, you'd be like, okay, cool. Just, just wait till I start a podcast about it and I'll confront you on it 20 years later. I'm good with that. <laughs> Sucked. I, I hated California. The weather was great, but that's about all I liked. In and out burgers? Overrated. Oh, no, no. I will not. I will not have In and Out slander on my podcast, sir. Totally overrated. No, 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 no. Five guys is better. We're gonna we're gonna cut that out of the uh of the show here. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh so did you have, um, you know, I always like to ask because I love music growing up in high school or in school. Did you have like a, a music? I'm trying to remember because like for me, the lines are a little blurred uh, between high school and college as far as like stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, everybody listened to DMX. Mm-hmm. I know you, you were talking about it on with, with AMA. I keep bringing that one up because I listened to it today. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody listened to DMX. Everybody listened to Wu-Tang. Like, I can fuck with some Wu-Tang. Um, but, like, other stuff like, uh, I don't know. I guess I, I was never really, a, like, a big music person. Hmm. But, like, my pregame uh, album was, like, Papa Roach. Or, you know, I listen to dude wait what i didn't want to say it what? i was like yeah i was like i feel like if i was the guest right if i was the stereotype i feel like you're like a pod papa roach guy and i didn't i was like don't say that brad like and then when you start going dmx wu-tang i'm like oh see you were gonna i'm literally thinking you would have sounded like a fucking asshole saying that now yeah. I just would have been right. No, no, you would have been spot on because, like, I listen, I listen to that stuff. P.O.D. I didn't start listening to until like college, I think, and that's where that blurred line is. Um, like Lincoln Park, I think Hybrid Theory Brad, came out while we were in high school. 
Yeah, dude, I was going to say rap, like rock rap. Like, I feel like you were, I was going to say all those things. And I was like, that's so fucking. Like, I think I had Limp Biscuit. Like I had that CD. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that guy. Oh my God. Did you have the, uh, did you have the pants uh, that could turn into shorts? You unzip the legs? I'm pretty sure I owned a pair, but I don't think I ever wore those. Mm. Like I don't remember actually I'm now I'm almost positive. Like by almost, I mean, I know I had a pair of those. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking dying literally for like every time I'm thinking, don't forget to ask the music question. And I'm thinking, do you drop the Papa Roach line? Do you drop the Papa Roach? <laughs> And I was like, in my head, I'm, I'm like singing Last Resort. Yep. <laughs> that CD I listen to every Friday night. Oh, my God. Dude, rock rap was, it was official. When Like, people won't understand. I know it's a punchline now. And, like, people are like, oh, yeah, corn, whatever. Like, all that stuff, man. Like, Limp Biscuit, Papa Roach, P.O.D., um, stained like all those bands yeah that's like i remember getting into college and like um digital music was really a thing and i'm very like limewire i'm very yeah limewire i'm very into like imesh i'm very into like um categorizing and making sure all the details are right in genre and i remember like i had like all these this was like my my first like entry into rock music. So every band you just listed there was who I listened to in college. System of a down. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. This was like my, when I was, when you would burn CDs because yep. I think it was before the iPod um, or at least before I, I had an iPod. Right. This is what I would burn on my rock CD, my yep. rock CD mix. Oh my awesome God. Cause my cousin, she worked for a marketing company. Um, so she would get these CDs, uh, before they came out and she would burn copies and send them to me. So I'm like, yeah, this is a Meteora Mm. three months early, you know? What about like Candlebox? Uh, not, not as much. No. Too hard. Too hard. Mm, Yeah. I didn't, I didn't No, I didn't listen to too much of that. Uh, I think like college corn was probably the the limit well buck cherry <laughs> that's later like god that was probably what like 2008 ish no no bitch. no 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 were crazy it? bitch was later yeah i'd have to look this up but maybe what were, what were those other like they were all too late they were all like two word names um god now you're now you're asking me to reach into my memory uh, like, like Candlebox, right? Candlebox was that. Godsmack. That's what I'm thinking of. Godsmack. Godsmack. There's Nickelback. Nickelback. Yeah. Um, Scott was into some of these, into some of these too. Like he got me into Three Doors Down. Yeah. Yeah. He used to listen to Candlebox. Uh, yeah. What about Power Man 5000? Were you into Power nah, Man? I never got into them. Yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah. Fuck them. But like, you know, um, Disturbed, I got into. I actually saw them live uh, a couple years ago. 
was the first concert I had ever been to. What about Drowning Pool? Mm, a song here or there. Okay. How about Alien Ant Farm? Uh, did they do more than one song? No, not just that one. Yeah. It's, so but Back then, you would still buy the album for right. the song. Right. And then listen to the one song. Actually, no. Back then, I would go on Kazaa and download Six Viruses just to download uh, that one song. Uh, who was the band? I remember Sean Higgins had the uh, the Bad Touch group. Who? What was that group? The guys in Just Like the Monkeys. Oh. Um, you and me, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing but man. Oh, what was their name? They were from like uh, Westchester. Is that where they're from? Yeah, something like Westchester or Lansdale. What was their name? Oh, what the hell was their name? I might have to break out the Google. Yeah. Oh, God, what was their name? Bloodhound Gang. Yes. What a... And, yeah, I remember Sean Higgins, like, had that album. So, point being, I don't think Sean knew any more than that one song. Right. King of Prussia. Wow. Uh, but... You know, you bought the you bought the album because they had the song. Right, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Aqua. <laughs> well, Smash Mouth. Uh not not so much. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> okay. My my wife's big into music. Like that's one of her like passions is music. Really? She listens, yeah, she listens to you name it, she listens to it. She's a big uh, Breaking Benjamin fan. I don't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Check them out. They're like they're pretty good. What kind of music is that? It's like it's like rock, but they have like their own style, I guess. Okay. Did you have a, a favorite teacher in school? Dixon. Dixon. It was Dixon. Yeah, definitely. And I've I've spoken to him here or there, like throughout the years. Like he reaches out every now and then. Yeah. Um, but like he was always there and it wasn't just me. He was always there for whoever would show up like, mm -hmm. Oh, you're having a bad day. Come on, sit down. Let's talk. Um, and I think he was the one that kind of pointed out that I like to work with my hands. Uh, I mean, little, little to my knowledge that that's what I'd end up doing, but he kind of, yeah, he was a good dude. Mm -hmm. He was a real good dude. And then uh, I liked Brody. Mr. Brody was cool. Yeah, I like Brody too. I do have a funny story. Teachers I hated. Ooh. So freshman year, uh, Frau Brandt, the German teacher, hated her. Hated her guts. Absolutely despised her. Huh? You took German? I did, yeah. Yeah. With like Ellen, Steph Schneck was in my class. Uh, Kim Twist was in my class. Uh, who else was in my class? I don't remember. I think Mike Davidic might have been in my class, maybe. Okay. Um, but I actually talked to Frau Brand about it senior year, like right before graduation. Uh, she she grabbed me. She's like, "You hated me freshman year." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "I know. I could be a bit of a bitch with freshmen," and I'm like, "But at this point, like." She was one of those teachers at freshman year. You didn't like her. Mm. But as the years went, she like got 
nicer and nicer. And she was probably one of my favorite teachers uh, senior year. Wow. She was just so laid back, and which is total, like, polar opposites of what she was freshman year. So you took German all four years of high school? Yeah. Wow, that's tough. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what I was thinking. Did you get good – did you end up with good grades? You mentioned yeah. you were on a half-academic scholarship. Yeah. So yeah. you got pretty good grades. I did, yeah. Despite your SATs. My, well, see, and that's the thing. Like, my SATs were – like, I – I got a 1240 on my SATs. Dude, that's, that's higher than me and AC Slater. <laughs> so, like, I didn't do terrible. Like, I, I thought I did pretty good on the SATs. That is good. I'm pretty but sure. But it just good. wasn't good enough for, wow, like, the Academy or Notre Dame. They laughed at me. <laughs> did you have a movie of that era? I feel like since you're a pop culture guy – Oh, senior year is Varsity Blues, 100%. It was? Yeah. Dude, did I nail this or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was my – oh, that was my movie. I loved that movie. Because of football. I'm sure – yeah, I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. That's funny because because the whole thing of that is the, is the quarterback becoming one of the cool kids. Right, right. Because he, he gets the star. I think goal. he was always one of the cool kids. He just – he got lucky. Well, not lucky, but he ended up getting the starting position, but he was happy to just do his thing, get out of there and move on. Yeah. But he didn't get the girl in the whipped cream bikini until he became. Well, yeah, there's, there's that. There's that. Yeah. 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 Oh, Allie Larder. Do you keep in touch with anyone from Wissahickon still? Not really. Other than like the occasional, like, uh, I might comment on one of your posts or I might comment on one of Mike Volpicelli's posts. There's an occasional like phone call or a text message conversation with Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, not really. Wow. That's pretty interesting. So you've like, uh, so that's cool then. I, I feel like, um, I feel like this will be the, uh, kind of everyone's chance then to really find out. Well, you're even wondering if people remember you. Right. But this will be interesting to see, like, you know, this is everyone's really then chance to catch up with you fully since you don't really get to talk to too many people. Right. right. Minimal yeah. social media activity. Right. Like, I'd like to, like, keep in touch with people, but I always, like, scroll through. Um, I don't do a lot with, with Facebook. Like, I'll scroll through it. I don't, I don't post a lot. Smart. Um, yeah. Well, it just creates, like, issues and fights and so I'll scroll through and see like, oh, you might know like this person. And, you know, I sit there and I go, oh, I should add them. But is it really my place to add this person? Like we weren't even like friends. Mm. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I added these people, they'd add me back and maybe be like, oh, hey, what's going on? But I, I don't know. Like I'm weird like that, I guess. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I feel like that's, that was the high school mentality you know, of like, I'm not going to talk to that per at least for me, like, right. I'm not going to talk to that person because we're not in the same social class. Right. Right. right? They're, they're the cool kid or, or even like they're a nerd or, you know, right. I'm not going to talk to that person cause they're not my click. So it's, it's kind of that same, like, cause I always say now I say it's, it's a shame that that's how I thought because now how I'm, I'm just talking to people and saying, Hey, you want to talk yeah. for like, for like two or three hours. Right. Tonight? 
And people are like, oh yeah. And it's like, I can't believe that all these people are so nice and just saying like, yeah, I'll talk to you and do your stupid podcast. Like, but you know, I come away wondering what I've been able to do that then in high school, would, would the result have been the same? Now I know in, in today's world, that is a result of everyone pretty much that I've talked to, even if they say no to doing the podcast, right. they still talk and catch up. Um, but you're wondering if you can make, if you can reach out in that way. Yeah. I don't think, I think, cause I haven't talked to anybody in, in probably 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like, I know you have a, uh, the occasional interaction with different people uh, like just randomly on the street and stuff like that. So I don't like, I don't know, like I'll, I don't know. Maybe I guess it's, it's one of these, like maybe this will be like the, the fuel for me to be better at reaching out to these people. Just, Hey, what's going on? How you been? You know, that kind of thing. Especially, I mean, I think so because um, I mean, one, you know, I think there's a difference between like feeling like you need to, right? I think it's extremely healthy that if you don't have like a desire to make up for anything or or anything Mm -hmm. like that, right? It's just, you're doing so many other things. But um, I think because you enjoyed your time in school, I think especially now where people are reminiscing and, and thinking about great times, it seems like you had nothing but great memories of that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you'll be able to, even if it's the smallest memory, it seems like you just have lots of positive reminiscing to be able to contribute and share with people that, you know, versus that aspect of, Oh, I didn't get along with that person or I didn't, I have bad memories with that person. You don't seem to really have that. So I think you would enjoy even the smallest bit of reminiscing of little stories with people up to, I don't don't remember not getting along with anybody. Yeah. I think like, I remember like Eric Malhorn would not Malhorn, uh, Nelson, would give me a hard time at like practice and stuff, but it was just, you know, it was nothing more than, you know, people giving each other a hard time. And I knew that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't ever remember not getting along with people. I'm sure there's people that might've thought that I was a dick. Uh, it hasn't come up yet. <laughs> it's because nobody remembers me. I know, no one knows. Do you have any connection now to like where you are? With the fire, with fire company, or I mean, it could like all it all it takes is just going there and apply, you know, filling out an application. But like where I'm at in in life now, I don't, you know, I have the two kids. Uh, my summers, I spend a lot of time traveling because my uh, daughter, she's uh, she plays lacrosse, and we travel a lot because uh, of the the program that she's in. Mm. It's just go, go, go all the time. So like our summers are spent like mostly in Maryland. Um, and I just don't have time. I wouldn't have any time to do that. How much of what you went through as a, as a child athlete with something like we mentioned, like I mentioned like how there wasn't like every town didn't have a, a football team. So you kind of had to go a little bit above mm-hmm how much of like everything you did through football and, and baseball prepared you like with this, with your daughter now? Um, <laughs> not well, <laughs> because the reason I say it, cause I live in a town that they're like Long Island lacrosse is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a town I live in, the girls lacrosse program is top five in the country. 
So it's a big deal. I don't know anything about lacrosse. So here I am. I've got a kindergartner uh, playing lacrosse, which I don't even know how to throw the ball. So now I got to somehow teach this kid how to throw, catch, cradle. Like I don't know what the hell's cradling. I don't know. So I would call Rick, be like, Rick, uh, you know, because he coaches at North Penn. Um, Rick, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. He goes, dude, I don't know the rules in girls across. They're two different sports, like completely oh, different sports. Wow. Um, so, like, she's a goalie now. Um, she's been a goalie for since, like, third grade, which now I can kind of – Dude. What? Goalie catcher? Yeah. Dude, yeah, so many things in your life are like <laughs> Yeah. Made it a little easier because like, you know, like you gotta keep the ball in front of you. Th- th- that concept's the same. But um it's made it a little easier to just kind of focus on that one position. And like I could tell you, like, I've learned a lot about lacrosse goalies and uh the sport in her bubble. Mm. Like as far as what goes on on the other end of the field, I, they scored. I, all I know is whether the other team scored on my daughter or not. When they get in this area here, that's when I kick in. Right. But it's funny. Like some of the other parents will come up to me and be like, Tom, what's the score? Because they know I'm counting, you know, at least down this end. Yeah. So the only thing it did do for me, like I know my dad was, or at least I had the perception that my dad was pushing me to play. You got to play in college. You got to do this. My daughter knows, like, she had her chance that if she didn't want to play, she could have stopped a couple years ago. But now, you know, she wants to go to college. Mm-hmm. You need those things. You need clubs. You need sports. Uh, and she's not like a sport person. So she's been playing lacrosse long enough that she's good. She's mm-hmm. good at it. Um, so we told her, I'm like, look, you got to play through high school. If you don't want to play in college, that, that's totally up to you. Because I know what that did to me. Like, it, it stressed me out and it drove me nuts. Play in college if you want to. If you don't want to play in college, then don't. Mm-hmm. But you got to play in high school. You got to play a sport in high school. Um, you got to do this club in high school. And just, like, she only plays the one sport. But, you know, where I was playing football and baseball, it, that was easy. They didn't overlap. Right. Summers there'd be some stuff, but lacrosse up here, man, is year round. Mm. Like some of the parents talk about like, Oh, we're at lacrosse practice. We just came from basketball practice. Cause you know, it's winter people play basketball, but mm. here we are indoor lacrosse mm. um, fall. Oh, they're playing soccer, but we got to go to the soccer game tomorrow. And we have lacrosse practice tomorrow because you know, fall lacrosse. So why not? And then, you know, the school season is spring. Wow. And then the travel season is summer. So it's like all year. Wow. I think that's what hurts her. She didn't get a break. Yeah. Wow. So it's even more than what you did. Yeah. Way more. Wow. It sounds like, it sounds like what you didn't want in college. Exactly. Yeah. So like there's, there's like a, you were careful like to not over push her because mm. um, she does, she gets beat up and you know, she 
she'll come home from a, a tournament with bruises from, you know, taking shots off the arms or the legs. And she's got pads on her, on like her legs, but the ball always goes where there's not a pad. Sure. Um, you know, she had a tournament a couple weeks ago where she got run over a couple of times. Uh, one of the times she hit her head on the turf. Uh, so we were a little, little nervous about that one. Yeah. And she's just, she's been the only goalie on her team for years. Uh, so these other kids, like they're getting breaks. She didn't get a break. She takes one off the, you know, off the leg and she's hurt. She's, she's crying, you know, and you feel bad for her, but she just, she gets right back up again. So we try to give her that break after, after the travel season uh, for at least a, a month or two. And again, we started this podcast by me asking you about injuries at such a young age in football and how you're, you, you escaped them. Your daughter's actually getting them. Yeah. Well, this is yearbook time. This would be the time yeah. normally if we were face to face. I said you signed my yearbook. Uh, I think you're like one of three so far. I think it's been you, Alicia, and JP so far that have actually signed my yearbook. Oh, JP but, uh, was in my German class. He's another one. JP? Well, he is yeah. German, so. Yeah. Um, you wrote, Brad, what's up? Have fun next year, you annoying mutt. Good luck with whatever you do. Don't get into trouble. Good luck and stay in touch. The annoying mutt. Yeah. There had to be a thing there. You think it's because I'm biracial? I mean, probably not. Is mutt just a, a, another term for asshole? I don't know. There or are you calling me ugly? What's that? Or are you calling me ugly? Maybe. Maybe. So if I would have said something like that, there had to have been like a joke between us at the time that that would have made more sense. Probably just like a, an unendearing term of, of endearment, Maybe. you know? Yeah. Guys don't really say, hey, buddy. Right, right. You know? I did see it earlier. Oh, there you are. Oh, God. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. I want to thank my mom and dad for preparing me for the worst. Thanks to all my friends out there who helped me along the way. You know who you are. No names. No names, no initials. There I am. Just you. Yep. No nonsense. Just straight to the... And you also have varsity club in here uh, besides your baseball and your football. Yeah, I think, I think I went to, like, one meeting. What happens at Varsity Club? I don't even remember. Like, uh, I, like I said, I think I went to, like, one meeting because it was an easy club to get because I had already lettered. That's all you needed to do was get, you know, Varsity letter. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember ever even ever going to that. Dude, this has been, like, a really fun – conversation with you man this yeah. is like i'm mean, honest i was nervous I was really nervous about it yeah like uh you know i had followed along in the beginning and then i kind of fell off for a little bit saw your message like i mean like for some reason it doesn't pop up on my on my feed anymore hmm. um i saw your message and i went fuck i knew what it was for like I'm, I'm like maybe he's you know just wants to see what's up uh-huh. I open it. We talked for a little bit, and you're yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, you want to be on the podcast?" I'm like, "Fuck," because I'm I'm nerd. Like I was nervous. I even was talking to my wife. She's she's away this week, which is why the, your timing was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Because typically by now, Lily, my youngest, she'd be in here about 100 times. She'd be like dancing for you in the background. Like she's the social one. The Addison's not. But yeah, I was nervous about it. But it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun. Good, man. I did have fun. I learned, like, I didn't know, you know, to be honest, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what there was to learn about you. Mm -hmm. Um, And all I really knew was kind of like, you know, like maybe football and like firemen. And I kind of thought you were in the service and I wasn't exactly sure. Um, And then like outside of that, like I I just knew you had kids. That was like it. But this has been like, like I've learned so much and, um, you know, you shared a lot of like personal, you know, stuff about yourself. So thank you for, you know, sharing all that. Anytime, man. Like it's cool. Like I like hearing, you know, especially the ones that I never really talked, like the people I never really talked to. I love hearing their perspective on what high school was to them. Yeah. Or, and what everybody's doing now, you know, cause we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everybody's doing different things. Like some people are doing exactly what they wanted to do in high school. Some people aren't like some people are doing other, you know, other awesome things. And it's like, you know, every now and then I'll talk to Mike Volpicelli mm-hmm. and like you see his paintings and like oh, yeah. his artwork on Facebook. That stuff's nuts. Like he's good. Really good. He loves it. Like it's, it's crazy. But yeah, like this podcast has been awesome. Uh, and I'm looking forward to listening to more. Oh, thanks, man. Hopefully this will be like the push that I'll just to reach out to random people be like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, this is your, this is this is your uh, your gateway to re-enter the community. Yeah. And again, I think it's like you said. You know, it's a community that you didn't even think you thought would be weird to maybe even try to re-enter or like right. try to reach out to. Right. So I, I think a lot of people feel that way, and I think people are all starting to realize that they can restart this community. Right. Yeah, it'd be cool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you reached out. Cause this, I this was fun. Yeah, like, dude. I mean, it's been three and a half hours and I'm like having a ball. This is great. Tom, this has been awesome, man. Yeah. I yeah. can't thank you. I can't thank you enough. Well, I appreciate it. you reached out. You know what I mean? So I had fun. I really did. Me too. And uh, let's keep in touch. Yeah. Like and, for real. Uh, and if you, if you remember Tom, from high school as you're listening or watching this, if you remember Tom, reach out to him and let him know that you remember him and he's not a forgotten memory. All right. That was my conversation with Tom Beal. It was a really interesting experience to, to go into this interview and, and not have those memories of Tom to start. And then as he continued on and things started kind of popping in my head and then realizing like, oh, my God, yeah, we did kind of hang out in school and, you know, in the same crew. And I went to your graduation party. And the fact that even that going into this, Tom remembered that he hung out with with me and Ray and Scott and and others. It was actually kind of touching for me. And I think it's because I was able to recall it right at that moment. But I do remember talking to Tom and going to Hershey Park when we graduated. So it was really cool to be able to bring that back into my brain during this actual interview versus kind of remembering it a week later, which is sometimes the case with these 
this is why I asked the question, but I'm always intrigued by people who realize in college that they're not headed on the path that they want to be on. What I found most interesting about Tom's story, though, was that Tom's was so much more than about his major or the job that he was going to get after college, which I think is the normal concern for college-age kids. But in this case, Tom was concerned more about his lifestyle, his lack of discipline, the person that he was becoming that he felt wasn't him. And I thought that was really interesting because I don't think I knew this Tom in high school. Not to say that he wasn't that person. I just didn't know him well enough. But to hear him talk about letting football go, which had been such a huge part of his life, such a huge part of his relationship with his father, and then to follow his story pretty full circle from wanting to be a pilot growing up to being a mechanic and, and actually getting into the Air Force, which was his ultimate goal prior to going to college for football, was just a really great, great story. It's a shame in times like this now where we're, where we're quarantined and Tom being up in Long Island that we can't shoot the shit in person so easily. But uh, definitely when this thing is over, man, I look forward to, to seeing Tom in person. And I just thought he was such an awesome dude. In two weeks, my guest will be Paige Miller. Paige has a pretty good list of accomplishments in her high school career. She was on the homecoming court. She was a top runner. She was a part of our student government. And she was voted most likely to succeed. Paige and I have been talking for the bulk of the summer prior to doing this interview, and we were trying to get the timing right. Paige was extremely open. Like every question that I had, she answered. In fact, once we finished, she, she felt like she was answering so much. She had so many questions for me that we ended up talking the next day off mic because Paige and I were just having such a great time talking with one another. So that'll be in two weeks on a Monday morning with my guest, Paige Miller. Don't forget youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. That's where you get all the videos. In addition, the three-part reunion is up there. Go check it out. Subscribe, like videos. I don't know. That's what you have to do for YouTube. You got to hit a subscribe. That helps. Go do that, please. At We Weren't Friends in High School on Instagram, at WWFNHS on Facebook. I am at Red Shirt Playa, and I think that's about it. Thanks, everyone, for a really fun past couple of weeks. We're going to keep going with more fun stuff. Thanks to Tom for this episode, and I will see everyone in two weeks on a Monday morning with my guest, Paige Miller. Later.